is the Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, the Monty Show live on your YouTube machine. And it's already Friday, January 5th. 2024 already a huge breaking Pat McAfee story uh, that we're going to get to here in about 30 minutes. Stick around for that. Man, I'll tell you what, guys, I I don't know how this ends well for ESPN and Pat McAfee. Uh, We have some exclusive Jim Harbaugh news for you, and it's all presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, we tell you every single day on the show, man, You can talk to the best injury attorneys in the business, and it will never, ever require you to reach into your pocket and pay them a dime. No, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Talk to an attorney live online right now, theadvocates.com, 24-7-365, theadvocates.com. I don't know where we start. I mean, I think this Pac-12 story is a big story. Don't get me wrong. I think this thing with the Pac-12 and the college football playoff, uh, the lifeline, I think it's a big story. I think this Jim Harbaugh story uh, with the the NFL is a big story. But I don't know. And Jake, maybe, uh, well, I won't leave it up to you because you didn't shave your whatever that is on your no. face. But um, I, I think this Pat McAfee story, this meltdown today on his show is probably the biggest story in sports right now. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we haven't seen anything like it in sports talk. I, I, you know, yeah, we've seen buyouts, we've seen, you know, like different situations, but I don't think we've ever seen, you know, ESPN go through a situation where they sign someone and inside of six months, you know, it's just a complete meltdown. It's just a complete, like, dumpster fire of a situation and and i think that's what we're seeing with pat you know i i i look around the landscape and pat's really the first sports talk personality that i've come to listen to on pretty much a daily basis where where he's not an employee on his show anyway he's a he's a contractor he's someone that did a licensing deal and and that me that's a very different set of circumstances than just firing someone who did sports center for you Right. Like it's a totally different, you know, beast, if you will. And so, you know, the reason I think this story is is, you know, the the biggest thing in sports today is because honestly, Pat McAfee has the biggest show in sports talk right now. You know, if you count his YouTube audience in addition to the TV audience like this guy, this guy's crushing the game. The problem is, is that he's constantly causing problems for the biggest, you know, sports network the world knows, ESPN. So, if you're ESPN, how long are you going to put up with this kind of, you know, nonsense, this sort of distraction, this issue, this problem? Like we haven't seen this before. And I see all the people saying, "Well, hey, maybe maybe Pat and his styles better at Fox." I actually don't think Pat's better at Fox. I don't like Fox is not a young hip network in my opinion. Like their talk shows are older. Their talk shows, yes, are in need of getting younger, but I'm not so sure that Pat going to Fox is a good move. Like, nobody watches Fox now for the most part, although they are improving on Cowherd's side. Like, I just think that Pat's sort of in this rock and a hard place when it comes to ESPN because he's constantly going against the grain there. So I don't understand what Pat's trying to do. 
I don't understand what ESPN thought he was going to try to do when they signed him to a partnership. And the bigger question is for ESPN, how does this impact the future of the network? Because you just signed this guy uh, to a five-year deal and six months into it, you're looking at whacking this guy now. You're looking at parting ways with him because he comes out today and is naming executives by name and calling them rats and saying that ESPN's trying to ruin his show. And it's just an ugly situation. So to me, yeah, I do think it's the number one conversation in sports talk today. Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. We do have exclusive details on that. Yes, that's a big deal. You know, this Pac-12 college football playoff thing. Yes, you know, that is a big story, but... The Pat McAfee show and ESPN melting down, I think, has huge, huge ramifications across the landscape. And for that oh, yeah. reason, that's why I think it's the number one story right now. Listen, I, I think some of the things that you have to consider as we talk about this Pat McAfee thing today, I, we, we've we've covered this pretty extensively because Pat McAfee, whether you want to embrace it or not, Pat McAfee is the face of sports talk in this country. And uh, I, I, I love when we talk about this story, inevitably we get the commenter that says, you're just jealous. No, I'm not. I'm not jealous because there is no competing with Pat McAfee. He is the single biggest sports talk platform entity thing we've ever seen. He didn't need ESPN. He wanted ESPN. And the issue is what Jake was talking about, and maybe you don't know this, and if you do, please bear with me. Pat McAfee's show is very different than Pat McAfee on college game day. Pat, the Pat McAfee show is a licensed deal. That means that Pat does not work for ESPN. They have no say over his show. They have no creative control over his show. And this Aaron Rodgers situation this weekend, one of the things I found so fascinating is Pat McAfee melts down the exact same day that one of the top mouthpieces at ESPN in their PR department came out and told the media today, hey, we all realize it was a mistake to allow Aaron Rodgers to, to make a joke about Jimmy Kimmel, and we're rectifying it. And Pat McAfee melts down on his show, talking about how Norby Williamson, who you probably don't even know or care who that is, but Norby is essentially the boss of anything that happens in a studio at ESPN. If it's in a studio, radio, TV, internet, it's a Norby's watch which means the Pat McAfee show is on Norby's watch. Pat McAfee on his show today straight up said that Norby Williamson is undermining him and trying to get him out at ESPN and told a story about how, what did he say, 17 or in 2017, he left Pat McAfee sitting alone in, in his office for half an hour. Mm -hmm. disrespecting him. He's never liked me from the beginning. He, yeah. And then goes on to say that Norby is the only human being to have that information and he leaked it early and and yada 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 and i'm just sitting here saying if you're pat mcafee you can't have this both ways and this is what i think you know conceptually pat mcafee doesn't quite grasp this yet so on one hand you hear pat all the time on his show say more people are listening than ever we're a big deal we're a big show and i agree with that pat is a big deal he has a great show uh, you know, I get burned out on it sometimes, but it is a great show. There's no denying that he is the number one sports talk show in the space bar none. No denying it. I agree with that. But Pat doesn't seem to understand that you can't have it both ways in the sense that you can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, we're the biggest sports talk show. More people are listening than ever. X, Y, Z, that whole narrative. But then get upset or, or say, hey, 
you know, Norby's trying to ruin our show. He leaked viewership that damaged us. Well, here's the problem, Pat. You don't understand that ESPN doesn't give a damn about your YouTube viewership. And I'm pretty sure that's come up in conversation before. I'm pretty sure when you put a deal together with ESPN, they're going to make it very clear to you that their priority is the two hours you do on their network every single day. Right? And because, remember, it's not just their TV network. It's yeah, ESPN Plus. It's ESPN, I think, News he's on, ESPN yeah. the flagship. Well, then they rerun it, too. They re-air yeah, it later. Yeah, they repackage it. Yeah. And Andy's on ESPN's YouTube channel. And the problem, and, and, and let's just talk about the elephant in the room because I think it's where we're all going. The single biggest issue is that Pat McAfee um, – is going to wind up leaving ESPN the way he has left every other place. And I think this is the tough, hard truth that a lot of Pat fans, including myself, don't love. Pat's a pain in the ass. Pat is high maintenance. It's why he couldn't stick at Barstool. It's why he undid a $30 million a year deal with FanDuel alone. You guys understand, allegedly FanDuel was paying Pat McAfee $30 million a year and he didn't want to stay there. He didn't want to. And all he had to do was, was have a show presented by FanDuel. Didn't want to do it. Now he's at ESPN. We're less than a year in. And he is eviscerating them. Eviscerating them. And when he's not doing it, Aaron Rodgers is doing it. And the only way this ends is with Pat not being at ESPN anymore. Well, here's the problem with that. Because people have told us that that licensing deal it says that if you're not on ESPN, you're not anywhere until this deal is up. It's essentially a non-compete, and we've seen this so many times. I think in our pre-show meeting, who did you bring up? Tucker Carlson at Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the exact same situation. Tucker Carlson got fired by, by Fox News, and the only place he can do a show is Twitter. The issue for Pat is, in his licensing agreement, it sounds like, he would only be able to do one hour every day on YouTube on his own YouTube channel. That's it. Because that's the only real estate he owns. And so here's my thing with that part of the conversation. So we all know that Pat doesn't care. Pat, he does not care. Pat, Pat is more than happy to be a red ass about things, more than happy to name Norby Williamson by name, which is totally unprofessional. Like he's he's willing to he's willing to, with all due respect to Pat, take a step down in reputation and respect to make his point. And so what I'm getting at is that the agreement we've been told says that apparently. And, and my feeling is Pat's going to fight that tooth and nail. So let's say tomorrow Pat and ESPN part ways. And tomorrow was Pat's first day, not at ESPN. Right. You really tell me that Pat's not going to do three hours. The first day is not at ESPN. You really tell me that Pat's not going to make it a thing where they have to go to court or they have to. But this like, is different than Brett Favre. And I saw this on Twitter today. A lot of people are like, well, Pat's just going to fight him like he did Brett Favre. Brett Favre had a baseless lawsuit, in my opinion, against Pat McAfee. Fell apart, never went anywhere. This is the ACC in Florida State. This, I mean, pick your contractual argument. Pac-12 or whatever. There's a contract in place. And I think a lot of people right now are ripping ESPN and saying that ESPN just wants him to conform and he won't, he won't change. He's Pat. Well, the problem is ESPN has a very hands-off approach to his show. 
Nobody is telling Pat McAfee what to do. The problem is Pat is doing things, I think, intentionally to poke the ESPN bear. This this Aaron Rodgers situation, you cannot believe if you are Pat McAfee and you're making, by some reports, $50 million a year. And we'll see if that's true or not or whatever. He's making a lot of money from ESPN. Yes. You really think it's going to fly on your on your talk show to have Aaron Rodgers come on and 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 shred at the time Diana Rossini and Adam Schefter and say that they're liars and they don't have any credibility. You think that's okay? And then you're going to have Aaron Rodgers on on a weekly basis to poke the ESPN bear routinely. And then this Jimmy Kimmel thing. And, and again, this isn't a. I saw everybody in the comments yesterday saying that we our politics suck over Jimmy Kimmel. It's not politics. See, you guys make it personal. To ESPN, it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. It's business. When you have an entity like Jimmy Kimmel who makes Disney, the parent company of ESPN and ABC, a lot of money, and you have Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee who doesn't make you a lot of money at this point. He does not make you a lot of money. That's it's an important distinction. I've been very clear about this. I've told you we talk to people at yes. ESPN. I know people at ESPN. Pat McAfee does not make them money yet because the exorbitant amount they pay him, it's going to take time to earn that money back. So you're in your, your infancy with ESPN less than six months in, and Aaron Rodgers is calling one of Disney's highest profile talents, whether you like Jimmy Kimmel or not, he is one of their highest profile talents. He's calling him a pedophile. With no proof, no evidence, just throwing it out there. Mm -hmm. That's not taking it personal from ESPN and ABC and Disney. That's bad business. And I also think, and, and I see this this point have, uh, is going around, I think it's a great point that A.J. Hawk is the one who brought up the Epstein list when Aaron Rodgers was on. Yeah. I just want to point that out. Like, like I hadn't noticed that until I went back and watched really? the thing. AJ Hawks, the one who brought that yes. up. So Pat brought it on himself. So I'm not even, I've kind of changed a little bit in the sense that, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is the guy that's going to say that, but that's on Pat. That's your guy. He's on your show. AJ Hawk is on your show every single day. And bro. again, I just ask you if you had the opportunity to say about any famous person on any show, hey, he's he's really worried about being on the Epstein list. You don't think that would be, a, you don't think that'd be a thing. I mean, it's a huge problem, and I, and I think that people just don't <laughs> care like about professionalism. Mapes, are you kidding me? He never called him a pedo. My hell, he absolutely called him a pedophile when he said Jimmy Kimmel's worried about the Epstein list. I'm sorry if if you're worried about the Epstein list, why are you worried about it? Yeah. So if you're on the Epstein list, what does that make you? A pedophile. Thanks. See you later. Like I, I, this is the kind of comment that really frustrates me because this is just playing games. And this one is, and this is why we don't take comments on stuff like this because it just gets off the rails with you guys. Jimmy Kimmel's chef knows what Kimmel did. Oh, really? Because Jimmy Kimmel's best friend, who's not his chef, by the way, Jimmy Kimmel's best friend, they've, they've known each other for decades, worked for Epstein. As his personal chef. So if your best friend committed murder, does that mean you're guilty as well? 
Like no. it's stuff like this that is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, none of that even matters because the point is, is you shouldn't be going on ESPN calling someone a pedophile. It's outrageous like, to me that we continue to do this with this Aaron Rodgers. You think it's okay to just without evidence. And again, Jimmy Kimmel's name by every major news source, there's a Reuters story on it. Jimmy Kimmel's name appears nowhere in the Epstein stuff. Nowhere. Not one time. Never. Yeah, anywhere. But, but, let's, but let's say that, <laughs> let's be out here talking about how, no, he didn't call him a pedophile. My hell. All I'm be saying, better, dude. all I'm saying is you can't have, you can't have Aaron Rodgers saying Jimmy Kimmel's worried about the Epstein list on the largest sports talk platform. You, that that's just you, not the difference is you you're guys, not going to have that. You guys are more concerned about talking junk on Jimmy Kimmel. We're having a conversation <laughs> about ESPN's business tactics and how Pat McAfee is damaging the relationship. So get it's on wild. the same page here. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this thing with Pat McAfee is a big, big deal because this is where Pat McAfee ends up every place he's stopped. And Pat McAfee doesn't understand his responsibility in the industry which is what truly upsets me. You don't understand. Well, that's an interesting that point. You're the first one to have done what you did, which is, hey, I I you know, I'm an athlete. So he became the first one to get on ESPN in this way. There have been numerous athletes who've started podcasts and done shows. We all know that there's a whole woodwork of them. But not everybody went to Barstool, then FanDuel, then ESPN. Do you understand the battles between FanDuel or excuse me, between Barstool and ESPN and the talent that is not allowed on ESPN because of their affiliation with Barstool and that relationship they tried to create that melted down the idea that a guy like Pat McAfee, who admittedly does not know much about sports, is a football guy and that's about it. And this is, I think, much to the credit of his critics. This is where the beer drinking tank top wearing Pat McAfee becomes a problem for ESPN. Cause I will also tell you, nobody hasn't been wearing tank tops since this whole thing blew up last week. Yeah. This is no longer just a couple of day thing. It's been three weeks. Yeah. This is a, this is a big deal. And it, and it is, you can't let Aaron Rodgers exact his revenge on Jimmy Kimmel with a wild accusation on the largest sports talk platform in the world. That's as simple, whether whatever you think about, because I'm not debating all the yeah. lists and all that BS anymore. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter where you come down, left, right, center. I don't care. You can't have Aaron Rodgers taking out frustration and revenge on Jimmy Kimmel on the Pat McAfee show. No. That's just, it's not going to, you're going to get sued. You quite literally are going to get sued because Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers allowed that to happen. Yep. And does Aaron Rodgers care about that? I'm going to guess he doesn't because he's made it very clear he doesn't like ESPN either. Yeah. So you're just in this awkward situation now where here we go with Pat today calling out one of the most powerful executives at ESPN is trying to sabotage his show because ratings information was leaked to the New York Post. And all of you guys said yesterday that, you know, it doesn't matter and Pat's viewership has always been on YouTube. And I, I, again, you guys are talking about your personal beliefs. We talk about what ESPN cares about, TV ratings. They hired Pat McAfee to buoy their TV ratings. 
And he has not done that. In fact, he's done the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And he is not, he is one of those guys that I think is difficult to sell financially. To harness him from a revenue standpoint is very difficult. So I just think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because I think the only way it plays out is with Pat McAfee not on ESPN anymore and not doing sports talk for several years. And I think that's the, I, I think the damage that that would do to the industry is not measurable at this point. I, I, I think we it's very difficult to measure the distrust that industry leaders like ESPN and Fox and whoever else you want to point to would have in future opportunities like Pat McAfee. Yeah. I, I think that that's what's so disappointing about it. I, I, I don't have any type of issue with the content you do or, or how you go about your show. It, just as long as whoever you're partnered with, you're, you're honoring your portion of the partnership because to this point, and I, and mm. again, I, I, no matter where you come down on any of the Kimmel stuff or whatever, I don't really care about that. What matters is to this point, he hasn't made him a dollar. He hasn't made him any money and he's made money, right? Because think about it. Pat's got YouTube. He's got ESPN. He's got game day. He's got on the field stuff during the college football playoff semifinal, right? Like he's all over the place and he's not making them any money. And, and that's what I think you, you just can't, you, you I, I don't know. I think ESPN thought, oh, well, it's it's Pat, it's, uh, Pat McAfee. and I think popular. ESPN like, didn't fully understand who they were getting into business with. And you're getting WWE, WrestleMania, Pat McAfee. You're getting Barstool, Pat McAfee. You're getting, you know, the guy that walked away from a $30 million a year deal with FanDuel. That's who you're getting. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to like who you get. You're not, you're, you're not always going to like it, but you knew this was coming. All right, less of us, more of you on Giving Friday. Now, again, I want to point out that certain people on this show did not honor their agreement. Mm -hmm. um, and I think here on the show, you know that, um, you know, Giving Tuesday and Friday is always presented by Bucked Up. And Jake, I'm just going to turn the floor no, over to you're you. Not, you're not. Um, so that you can apologize to the masses now. I'm not apologizing for anything. I didn't call Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile. No, but you also didn't shave the the. Yeah, it's not a top priority. The the thing. Yeah, not a top priority. But well, but you promised you would shave it, and I will. Okay. Eventually. Yeah, it's just not a top priority. Well, we're going to the bar. We're going to see Jay Taffa tomorrow. Yeah, Maybe I'll, he I'll can shave him, it yeah. for you. There you go. I'll have him shave it. You can put it on video. How about that? It's very weak. I know. It's very weak. Uh, Giving Tuesday. Uh, done this Friday, uh, presented by Bucked Up. Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Uh, here it is. We're giving away a $100 Amazon gift card today, as we always do on Giving Tuesday. Uh, just as a way to say thanks, maybe it'll ease some of your burden. Uh, maybe you can buy diapers. You can, I bought electrolyte tabs last night that were delivered at 4 a.m. this morning. I use Amazon for everything, and I know most of us do. So we like to give away Amazon gift cards to help you with that. Uh, all you have to do is show us you're bucked up on Twitter or Instagram, and we'll, we'll have you go with Jake again. SLC Jake, SLC Jake on Twitter or Instagram, even TikTok. Jake is on TikTok, even though he never uses it. Mm -hmm. I'm on TikTok. You can follow me on TikTok, but that's fine. The Monty Show mm -hmm. on TikTok. But you tag Jake, SLC Jake, DM him, tag him on Twitter, tag him on Instagram, showing us you have bucked up. And maybe, maybe you just go on 
the description in the show below and you hook up the number one request that I have gotten recently. Hey, I've had so many dudes say, is there anything for my girlfriend, my wife, my significant other at Bucked Up because I'm the one that's always getting stuff. Well, here you go. Uh, we hooked it up with Bucked Up for their babe line, uh, which is everything that you need for your girl to thrive. Um, it's $9.99. It's a nine sample packet. And it's amazing. Pre-workout, babe boost, collagen, greens. It is an amazing package. It's in the description below. And look at the shaker. You get a beautiful contour shaker for your girlfriend, your wife, your mom, your sister. Uh, it's right there in the link below. It's nine dollars. They'll send it right to your front door. There you go. You guys Do asked, it. and I know that a lot of people obviously, you know, think working out and supplements are for men. It's not. Supplements and working out and energy drinks and things like I don't know a box shot. Yes. Buckshot back in stock. Um, it's for men and women. So click the link in the description, get your uh, bucked up babe, get her the hookup. Um, and then send a screenshot of that to Jake. And in two hours from right now at four 30, uh, Pacific seven 30 Eastern, we're going to give away a hundred dollar Amazon gift card on the show just to say, thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, until then cheers. Uh, here's a buckshot to close the week. Mm. Man, I do love me some blue ras. I do love me some blue ras. Get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to save 20% off at checkout. Let's see who's the first one in today. Uh, Cleveland rocks for $5. How about Joe Flacco getting a week off? So mm -hmm. you guys are in the playoffs already. Only able to watch your program on rerun since we are in Florida for the winter. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Dude, I'm in, uh, most of you know, where we do the show live in Utah every day. And it is a blazing, blazing snowstorm today. And it's about, I don't even know what is the temperature outside. Uh, 29 degrees outside right now. I wish I was in Florida because I'm watching the Century Open in Maui and it's killing me that I can't golf. And they're saying it's going to be zero degrees. Next weekend. Not good. Cleveland, enjoy Florida. We enjoy your show a lot. Go Browns. Thanks, Cleveland Appreciate Rocks. Appreciate you. you. Brandon Butler gives 10. Let's go, baby. Pay forward. 10 members. I love it, Brandon. Thank you so much. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe, who's been a member of the show for 12 months. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. 12, one year. Lopes Fan Gabe has been a member of this show. Appreciate Thank you, you Lopes Appreciate Fan Gabe. Appreciate you. you. He says, Pat Mack, what a jag off. I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan. I listen to the Pat McAfee show every day. I watch it on ESPN every day. Um, and usually we watch it on YouTube uh, while we're working in the background. And I, I'm a huge Pat fan. That's the biggest problem of this. And we got into this whole Aaron Rodgers ridiculousness, which tells you exactly the problem with Aaron Rodgers on that show. But if Pat McAfee leaves ESPN, you're not going to hear from him. He will not be doing everybody's he'll be he'll be doing a show at Fox. Uh, no, he won't. Not until his his licensing agreement ends at ESPN. And that's the worst part of this. If this turns into a meltdown and I can't see you don't rip uh, one of the most powerful people at ESPN and have no repercussions from it. You you don't. And Man, I hope that we don't have days where Pat McAfee's show's not on. 
because it makes my day better. I, I I know you're not a fan, and most times Jake is dry heaving while watching that show. Well, I just my my biggest thing is that I I there are some days where it's not sports talk. I'll be honest. A lot of days, it, it, it's not it's not a sports talk show. It, it, it's an entertainment show. You either like that or you don't. And and I guess. I'm probably more of a stickler about it because obviously I host the show. We do a show every day. I know what goes into it. I know, you know, professionalism. I know like how it should be done. And, you know, I, I look at it and, you know, I, I think that it really bothers me, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. It really bothers me that, that Pat doesn't appreciate, in my opinion, he does not appreciate the position that he's in and what he could get done in this partnership. You do not appreciate yeah. just how much you could grow, just how far you could take it. And that's what disappoints me. And it is tough. ESPN is not an easy place to work. Full disclosure, I used to work there. But ESPN is not an easy place to work. It is a meat grinder. It is, you are in, you're in a competitive industry, man. And when you're at ESPN, dude, you feel the pressure to perform. And it is the, that's why I always say, it is the best years of my career because every day you walk in there tuned up and ready to perform. And I just don't think that's what Pat's show is. And for once, I'm I'm actually siding with ESPN on something because I think ESPN, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. You should not have just turned over the keys to the network to him for three hours every day. Right. That was a mistake. But you also should not have expected him to do what he's done either. And with the Aaron Rodgers, with the Washington State stuff, with... Well, that's the other thing. <clears throat> They're not asking him to do anything insane. I mean, really to ask, him, based on what I've seen and what, what what's kind of common knowledge at this point is just, hey, like, don't rip the network. Like, just respect the network. Like, you know, you don't have to say positive things, certainly. But, no. but how about we refrain from you know, excuse my French, being an asshole about it. Like, how about we refrain from trashing your partner? And, and that's the other thing. I don't feel like, and this has kind of been your point, like, I don't feel like Pat really values a partnership. Pat is simply pay me as much money as possible, and I'm just going to do what I do, and that's it. And you can't do that anymore. That's no, just not it doesn't work. work that way. It does not work that way. Now, I will say, I will say I'm very excited that merch is coming very quickly. I just got some renderings of our merch. And there, there's, are you, I mean. Love it. Yeah, I love, love it, it too. Love it. I love it too. We'll have uh, merch is coming. Very excited. Should I told we, you. you. know, You know what we should do? <clears throat> it's 3.31 Mountain Time. Should we give a slight discount to our members only group? And if you get in the members only group by the end of this program, you could be applicable for that discount. Yeah. I mean, I'm good with that. I mean, you know, we I, could do that. You know, we could do that. Boston Mapes. ESPN has an engraved history of they're going to mess this up. Jamil, well, Jamil Hill. We're I don't really know. That, throwing Jamil Hill in with Pat McAfee, bro. That was her and Michael Smith. That was such a, that was a mistake. Um, Michelle Beadle, Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh was a mistake, no doubt. Nichols and Taylor, Sage Steele, they brought the bull in a China shop. They should own, I think they're owning it. What do you mean they should own it? Yeah. That, by the way, they were the ones who said, Hey, we messed up. Yeah. They, they and literally, their, their show, their PR department said today, we all knew it was a mistake in the moment. 
Like, what do you mean they should own? Like, what do you like want them to own? They literally did own it. I, I, Mapes, I don't know why you're such a contrarian on this, and I don't know what your beef is with with Pat McAfee. And I can't remember the other thing you were all fired up about the other day. Like, I, I just, I don't understand. So there are people who are going to hate ESPN no matter what. ESPN's a lot of things. They're a business. That's what they are. They're a sales company, period. They happen to sell TV. And sure, they have units that produce TV and entertainment and all that great stuff. ESPN, ABC, Disney, all of them. What are they? They're a sales company. When you are when you are allowing wild, reckless content to impact your sales on a show that's already sagging financially and ratings-wise, you're going to do something about you're it. You're creating unsellable I mean, content, bro. I, I just don't think this is that difficult. And, and I and I still, from me to you, mates, don't understand why you want to be like, oh, well, Aaron didn't call him a pedo. Like, why can't we say, yeah, he actually <laughs> yeah, he did. did. He did. He he did. He very he like. There's no. This is not my opinion. He did. So let's stop trying to have an argument about something that's not really up for discussion. He did. He shouldn't have. And now it's gotten so bad that ESPN is has literally come out and issued an apology for a show that's not even their show. They don't produce that show. They don't do anything with that show. They click. I mean, if you look at the camera work on that show, you fully it's understand garbage, they don't produce that show. Which is like, my other gripe about the Pat McAfee show. Jake complains about the Every camera work day. on that show. And when they have guests that are on remote, like they're off center every day. I don't know why they can't every fix that. Every time like, that Pat McAfee is on location in the college football season, there are issues. Whether his video feed blinks, whether the audio cuts out, whether he looks like he's freezing cold at Utah, whether he looks like he's scorching hot because they can't find an easy up to put him under. Like, like, dude, how difficult is this? Yeah. And that's my thing for ESPN. This is a major, like, let's be clear. Pat McAfee's show in its current format is a major step down in professionalism for the most professional network in the business. Like, say what you want. Like, ESPN's liberal, ESPN's this, ESPN's that, whatever. I don't care about any of that. I'm talking about the content you put out has taken a major step down since Pat's joined the network. And that's a problem it's, for ESPN. It's tough to argue that. It's tough to argue that. So, I and, and again, Mapes, you're entitled to your opinion. I, I think you're a contrarian on this. I, I do. Uh, let's see. Little Jimmy, a member for a month. Oh, I appreciate Little Jimmy, you, thank let me, you. Let me, uh, let me get the, uh, here we go, here we go. Okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, have we talked about Will Howard to Ohio State? We did. I think it's a huge win for Ohio State. We talked about it when it happened yesterday uh, on the show. I think it's a huge win for Ohio State. Uh, I think it's inarguable that Will Howard was the best available quarterback in the portal. Um, and the other thing is with uh, Tulia uh, Tungavailoa going into the transfer portal today, and like 10 of you got on Twitter when I said, hey, it's he's going to have to have a waiver. Mm -hmm. He This would be his sixth year. He's going to need a waiver. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, 247 said he was clear. He's going to need a waiver. <laughs> to his brother, the all-time leading passer at Maryland and in the Big Ten, I believe, um, is in the portal and wants – most people believe he wants – to go to Miami uh, to play one more year. Problem is he took, I think he played in five games at Alabama the year he was there. 
Uh, then he transferred to Maryland. And everybody was like, well, he graduated. It doesn't matter if he graduated. He's out of eligibility. Yeah. He's played as many years. He's played six years. He would have to get a waiver. And he doesn't have the uh, cause and effect to get a waiver approved, I don't think. So we'll see. He's already applied for it. But, yeah, I think that Will Howard to the is one of the best moves that Lloyd Carr, excuse me, Ryan Day could have made. Yeah, he needed it. There's no it, question. Absolutely. It. It's a huge up, upgrade to Kyle McCord. Uh, I think it is. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. I think it is a very big deal. Uh, Aluman, wow, really? Aluman Dursky gifted us 20 Monty Show members. Dude, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Let's Thank go. You. Pick them up. Anybody a, picking them up? A, oh, yeah. Them up? Yeah, everybody's picking them up. Uh, on a giving Friday, you you gifted 20 memberships. Uh, Phil Benzer, Ron Ward, uh, Trent CN, Doc Rob, Adam uh, Adam Salamini got a, another membership. That's great news. Man, that's uh, the great. The Big Lubbock, JoJo Boyd, who yesterday was uh, – JoJo, I, they tell me that you were put in timeout for something you said, man. You are what you are. Understand, you got to be very careful with that stuff when you are uh, when you're when you're just throwing it out there. Understand that it is YouTube is notorious. You Gary, so so today's giving Tuesday on a Friday, right? Yes. And we know that Gary competes every week. Yes. He's just DM me and said he's going to sit out today, so he's copping out today. He's, he's going to sit out, out today. today. Yeah, he's copping out. Okay. He's copping out. John DeLon, uh, Sean McBride, Kyle Visser, Dallas Marquez, everybody. Wow, oh. look at that. The mayor of Monty Town. Whoa. The mayor of Monty Town. Is he back? I have to find him in the – there he is. The mayor of Monty Town, Jeremy Bolton. Um, Good to see you, dude. Yeah, what's up, bro? Good to see you. I'm glad to be listening live again. Uh, I've been MIA uh, deep in Spartans Hole. <laughs> okay. Bro, come Dude, on. What am I supposed come to do on. with well, that? Like, what the hell do you expect us to do with deep in Spartan's hole, dude? Macaque. Like, come on. Come on, man. Uh Boston Mapes says, My apologies, friends got moved to overnights. Ooh. Uh, I used to work overnights for years. Overnights is like I feel like overnights is one of those deals as people like you either thrive in that thing or it's like a miserable patch of your working time. There's not enough uh bucked up candy cherry to keep from being thrown off dude bro you ain't even kidding with that though that that is one of the most underrated flavors see this uh, is why fucked up this is why i'm i'm good with you boston i'm good with you because you come in here and you make you know gia golf comments <laughs> about pat mcafee and aaron Rodgers, but then we can agree i'm bucked up so way to play both sides i appreciate that uh yeah i feel for you on that dude i worked overnights for a long time um uh james gives us five dollars say mcafee is not a good fit for espn bring back david pollock on saturdays yay i have a youtube channel i always treat other fans well have to act professionally well well there i mean there is that i guess i guess i just my biggest this the sole thing that i struggle with is that pat just exudes arrogance I'll be honest. Like that's how. But that's wouldn't how it you if up. you were Pat? No, no. And you know why I wouldn't? Like privately, sure. If off the air, sure. But when you're on the air and in partnership with ESPN, or I would go out on a limb and say Fox or CBS or whoever, 
Dude, you can't be trashing that network. You oh, no, no, no. Like, I agree with that. Like, you can't be having this arrogant-ass stance on, on network, bro. But he came, I thought you meant as to what he's built. He came from nothing. The guy grew up dirt poor, goes to West Virginia, comes to the NFL, becomes an all-pro, pro bowl kicker. I, I mean, gets injured, retires, and then just builds a media empire. If that's not the American dream, what is? Now, what he's done in his stops, you, you, I am a a massive believer in relationships. I think when you are trusted with somebody's car, you need to drive it carefully, yes, and respectfully, and you need to be thoughtful about it. And I think that's at, if you listen to the show, you know we do that. I'm a big believer in the people who believe in us, we're going to treat them like gold. That includes you. Every every single person that listens to this show, you know, the advocates bucked up, try day trading, prize picks, the people who in in invest, um, you know, like I just I just can't believe that Pat has done this again. And I, I that's the shocking part. Uh no, not you, Gumby. Not you. Not you. No. Uh, Mike Smith, how are you? Kaufman, how are you? Uh, Gumby Fresh Out says, suh, dude. <laughs> suh, dude. LOL, he is an ex-kicker. He is an ex-kicker. But the guy, I mean, I, I don't, if you if you listen to Pat McAfee's show, he's never going to be the most intelligent guy in the room on sports. He's not. And he doesn't pretend to be that. And I agree with that. But if he, if I were Pat McAfee, I'd be damn proud of what I've built as well. Mm -hmm. Because... Dude, it's hard to, I mean, Jake and I grind on this shit every single day, man. And it is so, we were giddy last night um, that we finally cracked, what was it, 44,000 subscribers. Yeah. Like we had been going through it. We're, we're texting this morning at, what was that, like 5 a.m., 5.45 a.m., yeah. something like that. Like, dude, it's it's your whole life. And so I'm, it I'm is. not trying to crap on what the guys built, but what I'm saying is that, is that, it doesn't matter what you've built. If you're going to treat your current level of success, the way he's treating it, that's the thing you can't, absolutely like you can't like, I can't emphasize this enough. And I only know this because we experience it firsthand every day and what we're trying to build. Like you can't get to that level where you're partnering with ESPN for, for by all reports, $50 million and then some a year. And then just think you can just do whatever you want. You can't like, rip an executive work, by name. Like, like, I, I just don't understand what you were thinking. And if you had a relationship with the people at ESPN, you could pick up the phone and say, hey, Norby or whoever, uh, this and that. And But he, it is what it is. Uh, Eric Wasikowski. Big weekend for the Lions. Seriously. Uh, Pat is better fit for Fox Sports, but... He doesn't have an avenue to Fox Sports. Well, I've seen everyone saying, oh, well, hey, Fox Sports is the network that lets you say whatever you want. And while I do agree that that's kind of how they do things over there, I don't know that Fox really as a company helps Pat. I Like, if you're Pat McAfee, mm. you're, you look at Fox, you're like, yeah, mm, I don't know. Like, is going to Fox really, with all due respect on the sports talk side, any bigger than what he had built himself? No. From a listenership standpoint, even at FanDuel? If Pat like, McAfee leaves ESPN, he should go back to him. And the problem is, and you probably don't care about this, Pat left his own thing because it became too much work. And he's he he's having a baby or just had he just had a baby. 
obviously he's married, just had a baby. He has this massive business he's growing. Now he's doing college game day. Now it, like, it, be, it, I, I know I'm not trying to pat us on the back. This no, is a, it. this is a lot of work. I'm not even joking. It is. We do everything on the show. If it gets sold, if it's talked about, if it, it's a lot of work, man. And it's a 24 seven job. And I, it became a grind on Pat. He's their accountant. He's their payroll guy. He's their HR guy. He's their mechanic. He's their everything. And he gave away his $30 million FanDuel deal to go to ESPN. And now I don't believe he can go back to FanDuel. I don't, but do you want to be Dan Lebertard? Does anybody know where to find Dan Lebertard's show? No. I don't either. Do you want to be like Jim Rome's a great example? Yeah. Nobody knows where to watch Jim Rome on TV. I know because we watch it pretty much every day as well. But you know the thing? It's funny you bring him up because I think the key difference is Jim's not trying to be some juggernaut of a TV show. He like he knows not. what he is. Yeah, he's like, hey, I do this kind of show, and it's really a radio product. And like, if you listen to his show at all, you know that he makes he makes you know kind of fun or like just has fun with the fact that his show gets preempted by soccer on CBS Sportsnet work. Whether that's you know they have all kinds of offerings that they preempt his show with. Yeah. So like the difference is is that. Jim understands when not to mess it up. And, and I think you make a great point about, hey, dude, Pat just had a kid. Pat went to ESPN to, to you know alleviate some of the workload. And then what did you do? You took that for granted. You said, I'm at ESPN now. I can do what I want to do. And you, you know, took a dump on it. Like, I hate saying that, but that's what he's done. That's here. what he's done. And so now we're at a point where we're looking at potentially, right? Nobody said it yet, but that's this is where everything's going. You parting ways with ESPN and getting beat over the head with a non-compete for four and a half years. I think that's that a mistake. Pan? How does that pan, Pat? I don't know. I don't, who are you? Who do you guys listen to for sports talk? Let, I, I mean, let's let's end this Pat McAfee conversation that way. Um, I, I I again will tell you every single day I listen to Pat McAfee and Jim Rome. Uh, we flip back and forth. Jake will not allow me to listen to. Five and a half straight hours of the Pat McAfee show. I can't do it for three hours straight. I, I can't, can't do I but it's why point. we don't listen to Cowherd. Yep. Because neither one of us can take 20 minutes of that show. Mm -mm. Um can't do fine bomb for like an hour. No, fine bomb's a 20 minute flavor of the day. At most. We generally only watch Rome and we watch Pat McAfee. That's it. Um, so I just don't see how I don't see how Pat gets to Fox. To answer your question directly, Wasikowski, I, I just don't see how that happens. Uh, first entry in for the $100 Amazon gift card goes to James. Oak State James says, I really need that Amazon gift card. I read a lot of books on my Kindle uh, paperweight, my Kindle paperweight. Uh, Hi, this is James. Welcome back. Please let me win that card. I didn't say you couldn't Yay. win the card. I didn't say you couldn't win the card. But now I will say, usually people come a lot stronger than that. Yeah, you, you, I mean, hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll hey, see what happens. Maybe that's winning enough quality this week. I mean, maybe maybe it is. We're giving away a $100 Amazon gift card. We do it every week on the show. All you have to do is show us you're bucked up. That's it. Tag us on, tag Jake on Instagram. Tag him on Twitter, SLC Jake. And again, you get a lot of points for creativity. Most weeks, you got to put a video entry in, take it on your phone, have fun with it. You know, you can go into a Walmart and fight a, you know, a cashier to get your bucked up. You can yeah. 
you know, be pimping out in the Audi like Gary does. Like, there's been all, like, Maury with his daughter. Like, there's been all kinds of submissions. So, typically, video wins. But this is where we're at right now. Yep. All right. Let's see. Uh, Infamous Montoya says, Uncle Monty, my comment made the best of the Big 12 video. Thanks, Unc. You're welcome. You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. See, you should be saying... Thanks, two holes. My comment made the best of. Because that's all the best of stuff. Is I just I just voice the raps. He does all the production on that. So even though he doesn't do the things he promises you he'll do, <coughs> like shaving that face thing or whatever you call it, that I'm not allowed to say. That's bullshit. People were quite unhappy. I I said pube lip on your on the show. <laughs> Did we get comments about that? <laughs> Did we get comments about that? I mean, you'd have thought I said something about your mom. You'd have thought you'd have called someone a pedo, dude. Yeah, like Jimmy. No, stop. Uh, OG Gary, excuse me, you were giddy last night. So, so see what he did there. That was that was a Josh Giddy reference. Okay. Uh, G off. What's up, G off? Dude, Good to see you. where you been, bro? Uh, he has been in mourning over Shohei me the Dodgers. Final. Uh, exactly. Pat is pretty bulletproof. He always bounces back quick because he's so likable. The issue is, though, do you bounce back when you torpedo yourself at the greatest opportunity anybody's ever seen in sports talk? He's always going to have, to G-Off's point, he's always going to have that following, right? You're, he, Pat's, he will. Pat's always going to have 30, 40 grand a day on his on his listenership 30 40,000 people that listen because he's grown it to that size can he do that on one hour because again remember he has a licensing deal mm -hmm. that gives espn full um license to his show exclusively for two hours every day and then he gets that third hour on his own to f-bomb away on youtube and the question would be, and by most people I spoke to today, he'd be, if he falls out with ESPN, he'd have to ride out that first two hours. And the only thing he could do on his own without drawing the ire of the court system is that one hour on YouTube until his licensing agreement is over. Here's what I'm curious about. And I'm not disputing that that's what the agreement says. YouTube to me is a very different proposition in terms of non-competes than like going to fox or but like, youtube is in their agreement yeah and, and, yeah and if that's the youtube case, is, is in it their is, agreement I, i'm just telling you pat's gonna fight that thing tooth and nail bro and he it and but again he's going to have to pay them yeah if he wants to get out and i don't know that espn would let him if he wants to get i i have no idea that i i couldn't speak yeah. to uh boyd lake good a good boss or benefactor deserves respect they do they do. That's Jeremiah. All you got to do is not rip them, dude. That's it's it. not hard. Jeremiah Champion. Yo, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? Good good to see you. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out, 44K. Yay, yeah. Hey, we're trying. Dude. YouTube. Yay. Yeah, YouTube is tough, dude. YouTube is not easy. But I will say, I will say, we only, we took our two weeks off, but we really didn't take that huge of a hit. And I was now surprised. We're back on fire. Yeah, so. I was surprised. Uh, giddy like a schoolgirl. <clears throat> not funny. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I see what you did there. Mark 324. Being disappointed with what McAfee did this time is like being disappointed when an addict family member goes on a bender yet again. Man, that is a good well, point. So I agree that this is not good his point. first time doing something stupid in terms of the show. Right? Or like going I, after the people yeah, who, yeah. the hand that feeds But him. But it is surprising where I disagree just a little bit is when you start naming executives by name Dude. and saying that ESPN's intentionally trying to undermine your show, that kind of feels like we've graduated to like nuclear terms 
like blowing up your relationship with them. Dude, I've been in this business for over, man. Long time, bro. Over 30 years, I've been doing sports broadcasting. Yeah. I have never and will never talk about the people I work for. And we've had chances. You just don't do that. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Because you you know what it does? You know what it does? If If now that Pat has named an executive like that, by name on his show, you know what that forces ESPN to do? Now every board meeting that Pat sits in, everyone's comments are calculated because Pat's in the room. You're never going to have an honest conversation. Oh, it changes your relationship yeah, with, forever. With an executive again. It's not going to happen. And at that level, you guys don't care about this. I apologize. At that level, you need to be able to say, hey, you know, we'd really like to fly a helicopter into the, the Super Bowl stadium. Um, why don't we put the ESPN logo on it? When you want to do those crazy promotional things or you want to, like, you need a partner. And you need, you, the the thing about Pat McAfee and ESPN when ESPN wins, Pat McAfee wins. When Pat McAfee wins, ESPN wins. It's a mutual street. And now you put a roadblock right down the middle of that street. Absolutely. And you're going to have to, it's going to be a mea culpa. Because I would also point out, Pat essentially apologized the other day. He said, I apologize that we were part of the Aaron Rodgers situation. And then today ESPN said we knew it was a mistake while it was happening. And then like, they're all apologizing all over the place and we're, we're still in this position, but I think it's a really interesting point. So Pat apologizes half ass apology in my opinion, but he apologized. ESPN apologizes. Pat goes, goes to ballistic. He goes ballistic. That's the issue. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I did that. It's, it's wild. I, I, yeah, it's wild. Uh, Capazzo. What's up, my guy. I wonder if Pat will move to Rumble if they are not listed in the contract. Yeah. The problem is they don't. So the way licensing agreements, as I understand them, and the way that that contracts for us have worked in the past is, no, dude, you do not. Nope. You do not get to go to pick your poison Rumble. Uh, You don't get to go there. You can't go anywhere. You get your one hour on YouTube every day, let's say. That's it. Because you licensed it. This is Florida State, the ACC, and ESPN. Florida State signed away their rights to put their their athletics on television to the ACC, who then assigned them to ESPN. Florida State can't just say, okay, I'm out. I'm going to go to CBS. Doesn't work that way unless you pay half a billion dollars. These are the same type of agreements in spirit and in the law because they're contract laws, mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a tough place. Uh, Tom Dean, Tom, how are you? Jakey Tuholes didn't grow up under his lip; he pulled away with it. Um, um, didn't grow what's oh, I, Jakey Tuholes didn't grow up what's didn't grow what. Hi, I don't read. <laughs> Jakey Tuholes <laughs> didn't grow what's under his lip; he pulled away with it. Is it? It was, you know. Uh, Katie Raider, smack the like button, peeps. Yes, please do. Uh, we have had a, a, well over a thousand views on the show today. We're only at 59 likes. Uh, come on now. Come on, man. Let's go. Yeah. Hook it up. Hook it up. That would really, uh, that helps us tremendously. Uh, when you guys hit the like button, like I'm sure boss frog has. What's up? Hi guys. Listen to the, uh, musers on 1310 Dallas, Fort Worth, the loop on sports radio, 610 in Houston. 
Uh, the Monty Show in afternoons. Well, I appreciate that, there boss. Um, that's a good. That's a good spread you got there. I I'm a huge. We have so many listeners in Dallas and Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, San Antonio lesser, but Texas has really this year become an emerging market for us. I can tell you, Boise, Vegas, Texas, Los Angeles, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Jacksonville, Florida, Texas. I mean, like it's it's amazing. New York, New York has been a huge growth market for us this Ohio. year. Ohio, yes, Ohio. Not so Michigan. much in Michigan. <clears throat> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but coming up in three minutes, we'll get you a Michigan update, by the way. Uh, boss, good to see you as always. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Mia Culpa, the hotter young sister of McCaffrey's girlfriend. Okay. Mia Culpa. Um, you, you know. um, uh, big blue horses. ESPN hacks leak and manipulate the press. They should be called out. Two-way street that ESPN tries to ignore. I don't even disagree that ESPN has operatives in the media, but wouldn't you if you're their size? And while that may be true, my guy, that doesn't give Pat a a green light to go ballistic on ESPN. Because if you're going to take that stance, if you're Pat, then you damn well better be accountable when the deal blows up and you and your boys can't do content. Yep. Uh, Mike Smith said, forgot occasionally listen to 365, especially when they have West Virginia reporters on. What's up, 365? Yeah, what's up? Good to hear about those guys. Uh, if Pat, Tanner Plummer, Tanner, hello. If Pat kicked off ESPN, is there a place for him on the Monty show? Well, always. I don't know if he would be allowed. OG Gary, one hour of PMS is tolerable. I average 30 minutes on and off segments, uh, segment dependent. Yeah, I. that's kind of where Jake is at. Uh, Mike Smith, Pat is bet. Pat is bet in smaller YouTube cuts, better in small YouTube cuts. Get what you want without all the filler. Well, there is some of that. I agree. RJ Seaman, how are you? Happy New Year's. Same to you. Uh, FSU is a clown show right now. They are right now. They are the Dutchman's wood shack says Chicago. Hell yeah. My hometown. We got to talk bears and Packers coming up. Uh, I listened to Robert Allen's sideline reported for Oak State in the morning Monty show in the afternoon. Thank you. Uh, Geneva, Illinois. Hello. To Larry, Yay. Larry King reference. You know, uh, Gary Wolf says FSU to the Patriot League. There you go. You know. Yeah, we're not uh, making any changes. Uh, Boyd Lake, the SEO King of America. Sign Steeler supporters probably don't like the Bonnie show. Sign Steeler guy. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Will Howard is already interning on the Monty show. Yeah. He's sitting right over there Yeah, in the chair that Jake left a huge stain <coughs> on. So mad about it. I have this beautiful red chair in my studio. Do you think I'm my. happy about it, dude? And he leaves a water stain on my beautiful do, chair. Do you think I'm happy about it? Yes, I do. I mean that, and you didn't shave the pube patch. So whatever. I don't know what to whatever. do with it. We are getting a haircut. We're going to see our guy, Jay Taffa tomorrow mm-hmm. greatest barber in america you're sh- he, you're shaving that thing tomorrow i want the best people okay time to get to jim's khaki i agree uh our number two of the monty show as always presented by our good friends at trydaytrading.com trydaytrading.com slash monty get there you guys it's it's new year's resolutions mike hit me on dm last night asking why i don't like new year's resolutions nine out of ten people don't follow through with them That's exactly why I don't like them. And nine out of 10 people want to improve their financial situation. Stop talking about it and start doing it. 
Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. They have a $10 30-day trial membership that is fantastic, you guys. You give them a $10 donation for charity. They have a monthly charity. You give them $10 for charity. They give you their entire program for 30 days. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole deal. At the end of it, you have no obligation to continue. Everybody does, though, because you see how much money you can make. Stop complaining about your job. Stop complaining about your credit card debt. Stop complaining about the job you hate. Or, I mean, I just hear it from so many circles of the world. Can't afford the car I want. Can't afford the house I want. Can't afford the trip I want. Talking to somebody in the office today that really wants to move, but can't afford to move because of interest rates. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Get that 30-day trial membership and trust me, you will see how it can change your life no matter what your issue is. Car repair, credit card bills, student loan debt, cost of food, gas. Well, though, gas is under $3. Do you guys see the, the employment numbers? How many jobs were added? Ridiculous. Time for you to start thriving, man. Get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. So um, exclusively here on the Monty Show, Jim Harbaugh now is the top target of the Los Angeles Chargers. Sources told us uh, really last night and into this morning that the San Diego Chargers, who now play in Los Angeles, see they rent space from the LA Rams at the Rams house. <clears throat> anyway, the LA Chargers uh, intend to make Jim Harbaugh their top target the moment the game on Monday night is over. Uh, they intend to interview Jim Harbaugh. I think they would really like to uh, hire Jim Harbaugh. And we can have the arguments about cheating or what Jim Harbaugh is as an ethical man in college football, but there is no argument or conversation to be had. Jim Harbaugh is one of the top quarterback developers in all of football at any level. You have a quarterback who needs to be better than he is, and I think that is certainly the situation uh, with Justin Herbert. And as somebody who is a huge Justin Herbert fan, hi, that's me. Hi. Uh, Justin Herbert has issues with mechanics. Justin Herbert has issues with pre-snap reads, frankly. Um, and Jim Harbaugh is the guy to address those. Now, do they have other issues outside of that? Sure. They need to upgrade the skill positions. They absolutely need to, to be better defensively. But there is no question their number one priority, as it should be, is facilitating the growth, development, and prosperity of Justin Herbert. And Jim Harbaugh is their top target to do that. Jake, is Jim Harbaugh a good fit in San Diego, Los Angeles, Wales, vagina? I think, you know, for now, yeah. I think he's not a five-year fit. I think that, yes, he can develop a quarterback. But the question, I think, for the Chargers, in addition to, you know, develop developing your quarterback to a further extent, is what else does the organization need? Because ultimately... Brandon Staley showed that you could be in the playoff picture up until the last couple weeks of the season, and then you flame out, right? And, and, and I think that's been the struggle. It's like in their best years under Staley, they were a contender to make the playoffs, but you were never really a threat to get past, you know, really wild card weekend or divisional weekend. And, and that's the that's the tough part, is that you haven't been competitive to the deeper portion of the postseason. So, at this point, I, if I'm the Chargers, yeah, Jim is a Jim is a good opportunity. Yes, he can make Justin Herbert better, but is the price of making Justin Herbert better someone who's already shown you the ability to contend for you know 4,500 yards a season? Wow. You know, he's shown you what he's what he can do now. 
maybe if you're the Chargers, maybe the focus needs to be organizational development, having a head coach that can, you know, develop an offensive line, somebody who can actually give Justin something to work with. Like maybe let's go out and be better in the draft, find him weapons offensively that can stay healthy. So yeah, Jim's a good target, but I'm not sure that he covers everything that you really need in that organization. I think he can build that. And I think he has got the ability to hire a really good staff. I think we saw that uh, in San Francisco and they won. Um, in fact, they were uh, inches away uh, from a completion at the goal line in the Superdome you, you from winning the Super say? Bowl. You know what I would say about that? Herbert makes that throw. He probably does because I don't think anybody argues that Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick was at that point. And mm -hmm. I think the biggest questions in you know Charger land right now, uh, how do you upgrade Austin Eckler? Um, I think you have to do everything you can do to, to get an offensive line that can allow – Justin Herbert to stand in the pocket and deliver the football, which has been a huge problem. Injuries and the volume of hits that Justin Herbert takes, I think, are a huge problem. And I think you have to get more talented outside. With all due respect to Keenan Allen, I think that you have to get multiple and you have to get dynamic at wide receiver, and they are currently not that. Um, defense, they have talent. They need coordination. And I think that's it. I think their defense is a much easier fix than their offense. And I think in this league, and I think we we undervalue it, when you have a quarterback of the caliber of Justin Herbert, you have to do everything that you can do to support him, grow him, and develop him. And right now, I don't believe the LA Chargers are doing that. Sure, do they have ownership problems on, on some level, but they're spending money in good places. I don't think they're spending money in the right places. Does Jim Harbaugh fix that? Well, I guarantee you when Jim Harbaugh goes in there, he's going to have an offensive line. Because it's something he believes in. You look at every team that guy has ever put his hands on, they win in the trenches and they win at the quarterback spot. And it's because he believes in that. He is an offensive guy. He is a quarterback. It's not rocket science. Jim Harbaugh knows how to win football games. The biggest question with Jim Harbaugh, such as in like at Michigan, what price are you willing to pay to have Jim Harbaugh be your head coach? Because he is going to alienate a large portion of your of your players. He is going to grind on them. You are going to win for a couple of years, and then he is going to pour gasoline all over your fire. Yep. And it's a question of how do you handle that? And I don't think the you know, when you fire a guy like Tom Telesco, the former general manager of the Chargers, you're making wholesale changes. There, there's no question about that. Absolutely, and, and I think. You know, that's the difficult thing with Jim. You know, I, I like I, I look at the league and I say, okay, you know, you've got Herbert locked up on this extension. Massive you extension. Know, massive extension, five years. Like, you've got your guy under control. Um, I think the challenge, though, is how long, like, how long can Jim be there without it going south, like you just said? Like, can you get three years out of Jim? You know, because yeah. the one thing you can't say about, Brandon Staley is, hey, the organization just rotted and it was a dumpster fire and it was terrible. No, like your organization was fine. The health of the organization itself was fine under Brandon Staley. You just underachieved. Like that game against the Ravens two years ago, that's the one where you're like, damn, dude, that's, we got to win that game. We have the guy quarterback to win the game. We don't have the guns to throw to. So that's why I say, yes, Jim Harbaugh is a good option. Like for him, I think the Chargers are a great option yeah. for Jim Harbaugh and vice versa. So it's a mutual fit. I just don't know that Jim Harbaugh is somebody that is necessarily worth it. 
I'm not Ooh. sure that that the trouble he's going to bring you eventually is worth it. Like if I said, okay, you're going to bring Jim in for this upcoming season and he will survive past Justin Herbert's extension, will he be there? And if he doesn't survive, will Justin Herbert still be in your organization mm. after the Jim Harbaugh meltdown? Because Jim Harbaugh, to me, is not worth Justin Herbert. If if you said to me, hey, Jim's going to be in the organization, but three years down the road, you're losing Jim and Justin because Justin's so Oof. unhappy with how that ended, yeah. that's not worth it to me if I'm the Chargers. So I think it's a very slippery slope. You have yeah. to control that. Yeah, I think that is a, that's a great point. And I point no nowhere past my Chicago Bears. Um, I think Kevin Warren, the president of the Chicago Bears, told you everything you needed to know uh, this morning when he was asked about the future of Matt Eberflus uh, and in, in Ryan Poles, the general manager in Chicago, and he said, we're really focused on finishing the season strong, which is to say they're going to make wholesale changes, and I hope they do. They should. And I I think, again, we talk about Harbaugh and, the, and Herbert. Do you have a franchise quarterback in Chicago? I think it is a very, very interesting question with Justin Fields because Justin Fields has played much, much better. And I think when you look at the Chicago Bears and you start to understand that they're not talented offensively. I mean, you have more on the outside, sure, but that's really it. Uh, you have an offensive line that can't protect Justin Fields. You have a coach that doesn't call plays. Um, you know, a, an offensive coordinator that doesn't call plays to suit Justin Fields to the point where there's some people saying that Justin Fields is, sure, he's calling that play in the huddle, but he's teaching himself how to run a play inside of the play that was called because he doesn't want to run plays that are that are being called for him. Mm -hmm. I think you look at Matt Eberflus, he's a defensive guy. Absolutely, and he's an excellent defensive guy. The Chicago Bears defense has gotten much better since he took it over. But that's not what we need in a head coach when Justin Fields is a guy you committed to. But you look at the Bears and like, you know, let's say the Bears were considering Jim. You know, to me, the Bears are... I don't know. Part of me says, hey, like, you're not really in a position to take a flyer on Jim. You're like, not. Like, I don't, like, I'm a big believer that Justin Fields has the talent to be a franchise caliber quarterback, and he's starting to show you that. I don't think Justin Fields is ever going to be the throw of the football that Justin Herbert is. I don't. I don't think he is that. That's not his skill set. He's not that gifted. But I do think he can be better than two-thirds of the league. I do think he's good enough to to go out and win you playoff games, provided you develop him and provided he's got weapons to throw to other than DJ Moore, right? Like, like yeah. that's what quarterbacks need. So if 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 Kevin Warren comes out and says, hey, Eberflus is gone, Poles is gone, uh, all their assistants are gone, we're wholesale changes, cleaning house, we're going out and we're getting an offensive-minded head coach, we're going to build an offensive line, we're actually going to get someone worth a damn in the backfield, and then we'll worry about wide receivers. Okay, I'll start believing in, in Justin Fields a little more because now he's got somewhere to go. And for the Chargers, that's they're, they're about you know, what, two, three seasons ahead of that process? You've got yeah. some talent there. You've got a more talented quarterback, a franchise-caliber quarterback, yeah. and you just haven't put the pieces together. So that's why I say it's tough with Jim because if Jim just took away the, hey, I'm going to burn your organization to the ground for two seasons portion and just left an organization when it was time and did it in a respectful way, I would auto-hire him because he is going to develop Justin, and you can win with him. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the names I continue to hear about, and the Bears are one of the main pursuers of 
Lincoln Riley at USC. And <laughs> can't go wrong with that, in my opinion. I think it's a really interesting situation because Lincoln Riley's been very quiet. Excellent recruiting class, excellent portal. He's been very quiet. You have not heard or seen Lincoln Riley. And I think one of the things that's so interesting about Lincoln Riley is who's arguably likely to be the number one pick if they trade Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Caleb Williams, the quarterback for Lincoln Riley, uh, who's known Lincoln Riley since he was a high school kid. And I think it's a very interesting package deal. And I, and I continue to hear um, that Lincoln Riley is, is, is and a, a gentleman named Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in Detroit, are two of the leading candidates to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. And I think that Lincoln Riley is a very interesting choice. I don't think there is any doubt the Bears will not hire Jim Harbaugh. I, I think that I think that there is a certain sect of ownership in this league, and, and the Bears are one of them, that do not want to court controversy ever. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh is that guy. I think you look at somebody like San Diego who play in Los Angeles in the Rams house, all they do is court controversy. That's all they do. They play in Los Angeles instead of Wales vagina. That's controversial. Yeah. So I look at Jim Harbaugh. I think he's an ideal fit with the LA Chargers. I, if you keep Justin Fields, I do not believe that Jim Harbaugh is a bad fit. He's just not going to be there for five years. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that worries you because if you don't trade Justin Fields, you're committing to him for a decade. That's the damage that you're doing. And, and you look at Pat, Patrick Mahomes not being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. It set that club back a decade. And it's set him back draft picks and contracts. And you, you, you're looking at guy after guy well, after I, guy. If you're Kevin Warren, the question you got to ask yourself is, hey, am I willing to stake my job on Justin Fields? Am I willing to stake my job and reputation on the success or really future success of Justin Fields. Well, you know who you got to ask that question of? The next general manager and head coach of the Chicago Bears. Hey, Lincoln Riley, are you willing to stake your reputation and your job in the NFL, the only one you've ever had, on Justin Fields? And I'd be willing to say, hey, Lincoln can develop him. Because mm. what have I always said? Lincoln can make Heisman Trophy winners. I believe that Lincoln Riley can turn up Justin Fields, no doubt. But I think you make a great point. Why, why force Lincoln... If he's willing to take the job, obviously. Yeah. Why force him to work with Justin if he wants to work with Caleb? And the the hard part here is, if you commit to Lincoln Riley, you're committing to his quarterback. So if that's Justin Fields, great. It's probably going to be Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. And I think those two are a great fit. But the other thing that you have to do is you have to have the ability to have a general manager who has full say over his coaching staff. And is Lincoln Riley going to give you that ability? Because Lincoln Riley, his defenses, as Jake has notably pointed out, are terrible. And we're seeing this at USC. I mean, you've in this league, you've got to have a quarterback and you've got to have a defense. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's finally a pocket passer. Look at the Patriots, dude. Look at Bill's problems. Yeah. Bill's I, a I defensive mean, wizard and their offense is garbage. And I look at the Miami Dolphins. I look at the I look at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't care if you think that Brocktober is a is a system quarterback. I don't give a shit. He's not a system quarterback. You know what he is? He's a winning quarterback because every game he plays, they tend to be in the game and they well, do pretty well. What did they do? What did they do? And this is my point about San Diego 
or excuse me, LA. Thank you. This is my point about Chicago. Like, this is my point about hell, even the Cardinals with Kyler. Even as much as poorly as we think of Kyler, like, please. like, dude, if you put weapons around a guy that's capable, he's gonna make the throw. Like, it, Brocktober can throw the ball in the flat in a West Coast system to CMC, who's gonna go out and eat up defenders in the open field. Yep. This is not rocket science, dude. So when Justin Fields has Jimmy from Walgreens running routes for him, that's not going to work out too well for you. That's well, the problem. And I think if you look at San Francisco and Brock Purdy, the thing that is so notable and that stands out to you and why they are the most dominant team in the in the NFC, in my opinion, is because they win at every level on offense. You have the most dominant force at running back currently in the NFL, in my opinion, in Christian McCaffrey. Uh -huh. I think you look, whether it's Debo or Ayuk or, you know, I mean, pick your poison outside. Um, obviously, you you have George Kittle, one of the better tight ends in the league. I, I think you just have weapons at every level that you can throw the football to. At the, at the end of the day in this league, and it's what worries me about the Ravens, you have to throw the football to the tight end and to the running back mm -hmm. to, to really succeed it, it, in this league right now. And I think you look at San Francisco, I think it's one of their real strengths. I think you look at the Dallas Cowboys, I think it's one of their real strengths is they're winning offensively at every level. I think you look at Jordan Love in, in Green Bay, it, it, it has hurt him so much that Jones has not been able to stay healthy yeah. and not been in the lineup consistently. And Dylan's not been able to stay healthy and be that workhorse running back. And Jones is this dual, like it's hurt him. And now look at what he's doing. He's throwing the ball down the field better. I look at all of these, these ingredients in the best teams in the NFL. And, and you look at this matchup right here. Maybe this matchup right here is the best example of this. Mm -hmm. You have to have a quarterback that can win at every level of the offense. Can you say that about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? I don't think you can. Can I say that about Tua Tungavailoa? Yeah, I absolutely can. I absolutely can. And you look at these games this week. I look at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I can say that offensively. I look at the Seattle Seahawks who have to win. I don't think you can say that with the Seahawks. I think Geno is a serviceable quarterback. Serviceable. But you're not throwing the football, it, 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 you know, effortlessly at every level. No. Right? You're not. I think you look at these games and, and the Chicago Bears, what's been the key to the Bears? The ability to hit more deep down the field, the ability to have Justin Fields running the ball. like, And I think teams are figuring out you got to force them to go left. But when you allow Justin to roll out right and throw the football like, that's where you're winning. It's 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 the emergence of Justin Fields and his relationship with guys like Cole Komet, let's say. Mm -hmm. Or that's what's winning for the Bears. It's what holds back most of these teams. And when when you look at the coaches in this league that should be fired, boy, is this an interesting conversation? Because I, I look at a guy like Robert Sala with the Jets. Look at the Zach Wilson situation. Zach Wilson is in concussion, concussion protocol with the Jets. His career in New York is over. He's done. He will never play another game for the New York Jets. He will not. And any way you slice it, any way you like it, Robert Sala is going to take the blame for that. Mm -hmm. He is going to get fired after this season. And I'll be honest with you, I think he should. Because I think he's completely mismanaged his offense. And you can continue to make changes offensively. And you have talent. 
and you have weapons and you don't develop quarterbacks. That's when I know about Robert Salas coaching staff. Yeah. Right. Nah, so dispute that. yeah, it's very difficult to, to argue that I look at the teams that are, that are likely going to fire their head coaches. And I think you are, you're in a position where none of them are surprising in my opinion. Um, Bill Belichick should be fired. I think they need to part ways. I think Bill has done a horrific job of building an offense in New England. Now, always has, and I think always will struggle offensively. I think when you're, what are they going to, they're four and 12. Bill Belichick should not be the head coach of the New England Patriots anymore. And, yep. and I think it's awfully difficult to make an argument that Robert Sala should keep his job. I think it's difficult um, to make an argument that, like, look at Mike Brable in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Should Mike Brable be fired? Yeah, probably. I think that's tough, man. I think that is well, very, the, very the, difficult. The thing is, like, whether it's Belichick or Rabel, Arthur Smith in Atlanta, Eberflus, like, dude, are, are you an organization that's just out here suiting up to make sales money, or are you actually trying to win a ball game? Because it, it really is a philosophical conversation. Because I'm a big believer, there are organizations out here that are just that are just out here to make money. That's it, and that's fine. What about Ron Rivera in Washington? Yeah, I think you got to let him go. Yeah, I think you got to. But the thing with Washington, though, see, this is the thing. Washington is in sort of this new era of like commanders football where ownership changed. And you got to get a changes. new stadium there. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You, you got to make a go. change yeah. There. Yeah. there. There's no doubt you got to make a change there. I, I, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't know what you do with the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I really don't know what you do. Antonio Pierce has done a very good job there. Um, I struggle with the idea that you can somehow keep them, that you can keep the status quo there, I guess is the right way to say that. Mm -hmm. Because again, he walked into a dumpster fire, but he's done a really good job in taking the ball and run with it. But what's next for the Las Vegas Raiders? Like you got to address the quarterback position. There's no question about that. Clearly. Right. And now you've got Devontae Adams talking about how he wants Antonio Pierce to be the head coach of the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. You're in a real tough spot there, man. And if I'm if I'm the Raiders, I think I'm probably making changes there. Yeah, you know, I, I think that you have to whatever changes are required to define a, a direction. I, the organization has no direction. So. Would you would you fire Matt Eberflus in Chicago? Yeah, I would. I'd fire Matt Eberflus and I'd fire his entire staff. Which I guess goes without saying. Would you rather have Ben Johnson, the the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, or Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams? Uh, I'd rather have Ben Johnson. Because frankly, let's let's not forget this. The Bears have locked in the number one pick through Carolina. Right. That's their pick. So they're probably gonna have two in the top ten. My thing with Ben Johnson is that he he has shown me what he's capable of at that. Like with all due respect to Jared Goff, he's a good quarterback. I like Jared Goff a lot. He's grown exponentially he's, in Detroit, especially grown. the last three years. He's grown. And, and honestly, that offense has grown and you've shown me that you can put a scheme together. albeit the freaking officials. You can put a scheme together to beat a good team. And, and I, I, again, the reporting thing, and you know, like I know they've run into some stuff with the officials. It's not his fault. I, I'm not. No, I'm not saying it's his fault. But my point is, is like in that game, if you take the officiating stuff aside and you really just look at, hey, like what's the offense done? Has it been productive? Well, yes, it's been productive. It's been it's one of grown. the best offenses like, in the NFL the last two years. They've had momentum. Like they look good. They're they're a problem for defenses. Like this is somebody 
who is able to say, okay, we're playing this opponent. I can look at the tape and diagnose it, and I can diagnose it in a way where my quarterback will have success. And that's the part that we always leave off, I feel like. Cool, you can look at tape and diagnose the issue, but if the issue is throwing a deep ball and your guy can't throw that ball, what's the point? And that guy, Ben Johnson, can figure out a way to make it productive for, in this case, Jared Goff. Yeah, and I, I look at the talent he's working with. I think Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Jameer Gibbs has been nothing short of a revelation. Who the hell knew who St. Brown was before this year or last year? Look at the way that he's leveraged Sam Laporta. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Ben Johnson, I believe he will be the hottest coaching candidate in the NFL this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think he will, once they're done playing, and I hope, I think Detroit's one of the best stories. If you're not a Campbell fan, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, where's Wasikowski, bro? Yeah, why do you live in the United States? If, you, if, if the Detroit Lions do not appeal to you and you look at you look at Dan Campbell and his story and what they've done and the success they've had, God damn, that's a great story. That's a fun story. You love that story. And I think that I think that Ben Johnson deserves to interview for head coaching positions. And I think, hell, I think Brian Johnson with the Philadelphia Eagles is going to get some interviews. Now, their decline here has obviously hurt him. There, there's no doubt about that. And I, I think that um, when you look at, at Shane Waldron in, in Seattle, I think Shane Waldron is probably past Brian Johnson by. But man, I got to tell you, I think that Brian Johnson's going to be a great head coach in the NFL or in college football for that matter. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is going to be very interesting to see. I think there could be up to 10 openings. I think like how many, how many openings do you think there will be? Yeah, I mean, I think up to 10, like the cap being a 10 is solid. I, I But I think the minimum is going to be six or seven, at least. You I, do? Yeah, I think the minimum is six or seven, and the cap is 10. I, I think that, yeah, you know, I to your point, the way Kevin Moore worded that makes me feel like he is, in fact, going to make wholesale changes, which I really hope for. Uh, I think Dayball is another one to look at. You know, that, Really? Yeah, because I don't think the Giants have a great direction right now. This I always use the word direction because think about it. When a team is going good, they have direction. Hey, we've got a head coach, we got the quarterback, you know, and then we've got a way that we have success on offense and our defense is cooking. The Giants don't have that. The Falcons don't have that. The Bears don't have that. But the Lions do. The Ravens do. Uh, San Diego doesn't have that, right? Uh, you know, like Kansas City is a really good example of this. You did have it, but seemingly now you're a little bit off track. Like, but, the, and, but this is why I say about the Jets, I am very curious to see if Robert Salah keeps his job. I mean, there are a lot of reports he's out. There are a lot of reports he's coming back. I, I think there's a real good chance that Woody Johnson doesn't fire him. And there's one reason. Jimmy Kimmel's best friend. I think because Aaron Rodgers is there, there's a real good chance they don't fire him. But I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a wild Black Monday. Yeah, I do. All right, Lance Johnson for $5. I listened to WHB 810. Oh, iconic. Yeah. In Kansas City. And when life is not crazy, the Monty Show, howdy boys, been a little while. Happy New Year. Happy New Year yeah. to you. Happy New Year, bro. Lance, always good to see you. Sean Rollins gives five memberships on the Monty Show. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Aaron Wilson gifts one Monty Show membership. Let's go. go Aaron. Hey, where are we getting entries for the $100 Amazon gift card today? Um, let me check. Let me check. Obviously, uh, James has hey, all you have to do here, guys. All you have to do is send us a picture 
of you being bucked up. Did you order something on bucked up? Um, <clears throat> let's see. I know I got a DM from Carl who says, uh, let's see. I do not have any answers currently. Uh, Carl says, I don't have a camera on my phone. Oh, please. Carl. Don't give me that crap about how you have a Nokia from 1940, dude. Come on. Carl. No, I, that we're not doing that. That's bullshit. We are not doing that. I am not. No, the answer is absolutely you're not. Lucky that doesn't get you disqualified, dude. You, Come on. You're, if you don't have a, if you don't have a camera on your phone, Carl, don't lie to me. Maybe we just need to hit the reset set on this. Come on. Um, like, do we have bad juju because we're doing this on a Friday? Is that, I what, think is, we, is that what this is? Well, if you didn't take off Tuesday, maybe we had had a fantastic Happy New Year giving what Tuesday. Better execution? But you wanted to be in the Mile High Club on Tuesday, and, you know, it's fine. Uh, all you have to do is show us you're bucked up, uh, and and it's an, you have an hour to do it. You want to win a $100 Amazon gift card, please feel free to hook it up right now. Send us a picture that you ordered bucked up, that you're drinking a bucked up, that you have a bucked up, um, buck shot, perhaps that you use bucked up pre-workout. Um, usually it takes a video to win this, um, which, Hey, it is what it is, right? Do you, if you, it, Carl get a Polaroid, I don't know what to tell you. If you, if you don't have a camera on your phone, I'm not trying to judge everybody ain't able, but I am. I, I under you you have a camera. Don't play intramurals, brother. I'm not buying it. Uh bucked up, buckedup.com. Make sure you use the promo code uh Monty to get 20% off. Uh let's see. Tom Dean, Mahomes regular season pay. Great. Cool. Awesome. Boston Mapes, I'm off to play Batman. Have a great weekend, guys. You're off to play Batman. <laughs> what? What are you doing? Uh CJ Vance, do you think uh resting Brock Purdy will hurt the Niners come playoff time? I love this conversation. I get he's probably banged up, but the rust and timing is an issue. They practice live game reps more than anybody else. The San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy has been rested. He has he did not throw really all summer long. You got to remember that because of the surgery. He is not going to have wear and tear on the arm or the elbow. And they live rep a lot during the week. I don't think Russ will be an issue for him. I also think that <clears throat> there could be a little bit of, hey, Brock needs a little bit of a rest mentally. I think that Brock made some plays that were not great, <laughs> frankly. Made some throws that were not great. And I'm not saying he sucks, but but he was. Some of those throws cost them some wins, dude. And, but you know what? I think he needed to make those mistakes. Yeah. I truly think he needed to make those mistakes. Yeah. I, I listen, I, I'm a Brock Purdy guy. I believe in him. Mm -hmm. I think he needed to make those mistakes. Uh, I truly do. Uh, Delaric, what's up Delaric gives us $5. I'm going to apologize now. And I have a feeling that if the bears win this week, they want, uh, they won't fire their coach and go with fields next year. I, I think the fields thing is much less up in the air. I think it would be very difficult to trade him now unless you hire Lincoln Riley. Because if you hire Lincoln Riley, you're drafting Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. I would assume. It depends on who you want to be your head coach. I have heard Ben Johnson from Detroit that he is their guy. They like him a lot. They really want an innovative. And here's why I think Eberflus gets whacked. The Chicago Bears, from what I've heard, the Bears really want an offensive innovator. Kevin Warren is not the, the guy who was the Bears president for like 50 gajillion years is a guy named Ted Phillips. Stone Age dude. 
like, don't change anything. I I am never going to use moist flushable wipes. I will only use sandpaper. Yeah, right? we're not making any changes. Ted Phillips. <laughs> you look at Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren is an innovative guy who wants to make money that will provide him with the opportunity to win football games, which will make him more money. That's how Kevin Warren's operated. I look at Matt Eberflus. He's not going to make you money because he doesn't win games. Mm -hmm. And you have Justin Fields. You have you. Ha and listen, I think Moore is a hell of a. And I don't. I I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think Moore is a hell of a wide receiver. I love. I mean, as a Bears fan, he is everything that that we've you wanted. You want him on your team. Yes, there's no doubt about that. But not even want him. You have him. Yeah. And if I if I look at uh, DJ, where is DJ's number? DJ Moore, uh, 92 catches, 1300 yards and eight scores. I want him on my team. He's a weapon, but are you telling me that Cole Komet, the tight end, who's got exactly half of those yards at 678? Are you telling me Cole Komet should be your second best receiver on the team? No, you need to get more dynamic so that you, that you can be more diverse do you understand that they can't run bunch formations in Chicago? One, because Justin Fields isn't at that level. They don't have the talent outside to run bunch formations. How's that possible? I don't know either. Mm -hmm. It's they're they're so under-talented on the offensive side of the football. And we're talking about guys like Darnell Mooney, uh, Tyler Scott, like Khalil Herbert finally back and healthy. Do you guys know who the starting running back of the Chicago Bears is? No, you don't. You don't. You don't know that it's Dante Foreman or was and who Khalil Herbert. Is that guy? You don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't think they have a starting running you back. You don't. You don't. His name is David Montgomery and he plays for the Detroit Lions. You don't like they're woefully under talented. Yeah. So you're going to make changes because I think they want to get very, very multiple they want to be able to again it's this new trend in the nfl playing offense at every level yes it's a huge thing in the nfl and the bears can't do that bears can't do that and really you look at this division right now there's only one team in the division playing multiple really and it's it is usually the minnesota vikings but they're so beat up and i still think they missed dalvin cook even though he just signed with baltimore today but they have not been able to be as diverse schematically because they don't have the personnel anymore. And now you look at Green Bay. Green Bay is a completely different offense at this point. And they're now, I think, better defensively than they are offensively. But it's because of all the injuries in Green Bay. Uh, Ryan Willie says the Packers own the Bears. Sure they do. That's the best you have. That's it. Um, I, I think you look at those and it's just. Yeah. The Bears are, are, are will make changes because they know they are not good enough. They know they are not good enough, in my opinion. Replica for $5. Pete Carroll needs to go. Defense has regressed for years despite being expensive. I don't disagree with that at all. Also has a terrible record versus McVay and Shanahan. Uh, jaw trade was a disaster. Well, listen, I think you look at Pete Carroll. Jeez. The problem is he kisses babies and shakes hands. Yep. You've needed change for several years. Now, was it Russ or was it, I don't know. 
Are you telling me that Russell Wilson just forgot how to play football? Apparently, because Sean Payton is running his ass out of Denver on a rail. Because it's garbage. I, I, you need, I, I would agree. In Seattle, you need wholesale changes. Yeah. I, I would agree with that 100%. I'm not even sure that you can argue that. Honest to goodness. Tom Dean for $5. Monty missed my Mahomes point a couple of minutes ago. Eric Bieniemy left as the OC and Mahomes numbers dropped. They're awful, also woefully untalented at, at the skill position. It's not that Eric Bieniemy, because Eric Bieniemy, and I, I, I'm sure you guys know this, Eric Bieniemy isn't an architect, right? He's a foreman. He's a guy that just keeps the keeps the offense going. Not a play caller, clearly, not an architect, not a. He's a guy that just keeps the offense going in the right direction. That's Andy Reid's offense. If you look at the numbers in Kansas City, what is the real problem in Kansas City? Lack of talent. Who's the number one wide receiver in Kansas City? Yeah, I don't know either because it ain't Kadarius Tony. Uh, Rasheed Rice with 938 yards. Justin Watson with 460 yards. And obviously, Travis Kelsey's a weapon. He's a tight end. Your tight end can't be leading your team at 984 yards. No. Uh, Valdez Scantling, 315. Like, do you guys understand how, how just bad they are offensively? And we haven't even gotten to the point where you start looking at Kadarius Tony, who's only got 169 yards receiving. Do you guys understand that? It's not like he's a 800-yard receiver. Kadarius Tony has 169 yards, and he's only been targeted 38 times, and he's a complete disaster. What does he drop, 37 of them? You look at the issues in Kansas City. They are not with the coordinator. They're with the talent. You look at Isaiah Pacheco. Is he a number one running back? No, but who's the number two there? Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been a huge problem for them. So it doesn't matter. Andy reads the offense there. Yeah. Andy reads the play caller there. Always has been, always will be. The issue is you don't have talent on, at the skill positions for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. That's what is so shocking and you look at who's the best team in the NFL right now. Stanford, Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. Okay, this is a really good example. Okay. So the Baltimore Ravens have Lamar Jackson as their top runner and their top passer. But you built an offense around him running, and you still have Gus Edwards, or had Gus Edwards, right? You still have Gus Edwards and his 4.1 yards per carry, right? The biggest issue is Mark Andrews who played 10 games and is still your third leading wide receiver. Do you guys understand that Odell Beckham Jr. last week passed Mark Andrews to become the number two receiver on the team? He's played 14 games. And, of course, the great Zay Flowers, who's not playing this week. Uh, 16 games, 858 yards, and five touchdowns. Who leads the Ravens in receiving touchdowns? Oh, that's right. It's Mark Andrews who only played 10 games. Um, Why will the Baltimore Ravens not win the Super Bowl, in my opinion? They're not deep enough off offensively. That's going to be the issue with the way that they match up. Now, I could be completely wrong about that. Sure. I'm not the smartest guy in, you know, the tool in the shadow. Old Monty over here. You know, old Monty over here. But I look at, if, if you get into a shootout with the Miami Dolphins, can you score with the Miami Dolphins if you're the Baltimore Ravens? I want more. No, you can't. 
The question is, can the Miami defense play with the Baltimore Ravens defense? And I don't think it can. Nope. Right? The team that you truly do not understand is the Buffalo Bills. And again, I just don't know. the Do you guys understand the Bills either win the division or they don't make the playoffs? Like That's where the Buffalo Bills are. And, and I, I truly do not... I don't understand the again, and this is going to be a this is going to be a conversation because that game's in Miami, and look who's favored. Buffalo is favored. Mm -hmm. The Bills are favored. Can Josh Allen win a game that has to be won? I don't know either. I don't know either. And yeah, here they're a physical team, though, and I and I think that that that's got they that's in their favor for sure. But here's the problem again. Go look at the depth chart on offense. Who is their who is their number one wide receiver? Well, Stephon Diggs. Why is Gabe Davis not more of a threat offensively? That's the thing that is wild to me. Stephon Diggs has a hundred receptions. Just put a number in your head. How many catches do you think their number two guy, Gabe Davis, has? 30. 45. 746 yards, seven touchdowns. Dalton Kincaid has 66 receptions at tight end. And only two touchdowns. That's a schematics problem. Yes. That that's not X is an O's problem. That's a, exactly. It's a schematics problem. And the problem is they don't run the football. So why does Dalton only have two touchdowns? Oh, that's right, because the linebackers don't have to respect the run through the A gap, so they can constantly well, have someone I mean, on Dalton. James Cook has done a nice job. I mean, he's a thousand yard back, yeah, which but in this league is great run for 2000. If the defense doesn't have to respect it because you don't call it enough, what does it matter? I but mean, here's a, he's only got two touchdowns. Yeah. Who's their rushing threat, especially in the red zone. Well, it's Josh Allen, which I don't love either. I mean, you have, I just think there is something schematically broken in Buffalo. And do you make a head coaching change there? I highly doubt it, especially if they make the playoffs, if they don't get in, I could absolutely see them making a, a, a change at the quarterback. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Um, let's see. Uh, Jake is sending me things. Uh, Jeremy six thirty five. Do you think the Chiefs losing the enemy is hurting the Chiefs? I do not. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I, it, it is it is simply a lack, in my opinion, it is a lack of talent. They're running the same formations. It's not the enemy they lost. It's Tyreek Hill. It is as prolific as he is at making babies. Apparently, he's more prolific than that than. I said it. He's, well, the problem is, is you should have made a comment about his house and what happened this week, but we're not going to talk about that. Did you get so Tyreek Hill's house caught on fire because there was a child playing with a lighter? Mm. Anyway, my point is, uh, Tyreek's a wonderfully talented wide receiver. That's what they miss. You understand they'd probably have three more wins if Kadarius could catch a football. Do you understand that if they had Tyreek Hill running through that middle of the field route that he's running in Deep Miami post. still? Uh, that Travis Kelsey would be a far more dynamic option because it's at least two guys and probably a linebacker trying to cut that underneath uh, deep route. That Because, you know, like Tyree Kill starts on the left, runs up across and over to the far hash where the ball is just waiting to fall into his arms. And you're running a wide, you're running a wide receiver through that zone. Well, where do you think Travis Kelsey's going? Right behind it. Right behind it. He doesn't have the guy to run right behind anymore. So I think that's I think that is the issue 100 percent 
Uh, Lance Johnson, got to disagree. Pacheco is a RB1. Problem is receivers that won't let Mahomes make them better. I don't disagree with that at all. The drops are clearly the issue. Yeah. But you're trying to play this game with an undersized running back. I don't believe, I don't believe that you can play undersized. And I don't know Pacheco's size. I probably shouldn't be spouting off at the In orifice. my opinion, Pacheco's a dynamite number two. He, he is. is an outstanding run his ass off number two because ultimately what a number one back in this league yeah, he's 510 200 pounds yeah you know a number one back in this league for me right now is probably six six foot six one you know 230 235 you know a real bruiser at running back who can run guys over for three downs two downs and then you bring in pacheco when you want to and all of a sudden you've got a guy that can really handle the pitch he can run it through uh, the guard, like you can do a lot of things with him and he runs hard, bro. Clyde Edwards, he is a real problem for Kansas city. I think Pacheco's I, it's what I say about everybody in Kansas city and Lance, you're not wrong. Pacheco's good. He's not great. He's yeah. not great. It, it, he, it, and that again, that's so, so you, and you're in Kansas city. Obviously you're a chiefs fan. You, you're way more probably up on it than I am. I think he's good. Not great. Mm-hmm. And covering this league now for a long time, I, I feel like the 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 best backs, and maybe it is, I don't know, who's a, who's got a great quarterback running back combination? Like you look at Jacksonville, right? Trevor Lawrence is clearly now an elite level franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think Travis Etienne is also a really good running back. And as much as I complain about size, he's 5'10", 200 pounds too. And the problem is he's always hurt, right? And he's been hurt. But I think he and Trevor Lawrence have a great relationship. Uh, I, I Are they good enough? I don't know. But I also know that Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, that's a really dynamic multi-level offense in Jacksonville. Who's more talented at wide receiver, the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Kansas City Chiefs? You know the answer to the question, right? I, I, it's about our guy, B. John Robinson. He's an interesting – well, Atlanta's very interesting. I mean, because, you don't have a quarterback but you got a dynamite running back. Look at their depth chart in Atlanta. You look at the depth chart in Atlanta and you have multiple, multiple running backs. Bijan Robinson, 948 yards, seven scores. Tyler Algier, wonderful, wonderful receiver of the football, but he also is 180 carries, 659 yards and four touchdowns. Excuse me, four touchdowns for both Bijan and uh, Algier. Mm-hmm. And that I, I'm the problem there is you don't have a quarterback. You have a quarterback in Atlanta, and whether it's Drake London or like Kyle Pitts is is in no man's land. Yeah, right. So I just think you 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 have much to Lance's point. I just don't think you're talented enough. When Patrick Mahomes is your 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 quarterback, did you really come into this year and think he was going to make these dudes better? I got to think that's what their thought process was. And that's right? on those dudes, not on Pat. So we're clear. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's a Patrick Mahomes problem. I really don't. Um, but that's just me. Wasikowski, the Bears couldn't use number five because they neglected their O line. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think Montgomery is a phenomenal power back. Is he a number one? Debatable. Depends on the system. He's probably not a number one. He's not, but there's so much talent. Like I'm in Ross St. Brown. I mean, he, he is outstanding. There's not enough you can say about his development. Yeah. Ben Johnson. Thank you very much. Like, I just don't know that you, you can heap enough accolades into their talent development in Detroit. 
I truly don't. Big Daddy Magic, I'm so glad Josh Allen declined to take Taylor Swift on a date. Stop. Stop. He he also says Buffalo is the best team. They're not Victor's the way. They're not a top five team in the NFL. They're truly not. And I think they're in that. When I look at truly the best team, who is the best team in the NFL right now? It's the Ravens. Nah, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Dude. I think the 49ers are deeper, more okay. complex. So, okay, what are more... you saying about that home performance then? Because that was that was an ass kicking. I, I, you, you, it, ask me in January. If they if if you play like that against anybody else, right? And if, but look at what they did to Dallas, because mm-hmm. I think Dallas is arguably a top. I think they are a top five team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Dallas and I look at I don't know who's the third best team in the NFC right now. Probably Philadelphia in the postseason. I just think they're they need to get to the postseason like as seriously, soon as possible. Seriously. But I would probably put Detroit number three. I, I would put San Francisco one, the Cowboys two, and I would put Detroit number three. It, it, I mean, if if you're putting my feet to the fire, mm-hmm. I think I'm very curious to see what the Rams are. What are the Rams in the postseason? Is that a team? Is that a team that scares anybody? Nah, their defense. Yeah, I don't, they don't scare me. I mean, I, I think the question about postseason is Miami. Uh, what Miami are we actually? Well, getting? if you're looking at the 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 AFC, but you know, you but they're like decimated on defense. Yeah, I mean, I, but like when I just look at the league, like in the NFC, yeah, it's the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Detroit Lions right now. I, I think Philly is a good postseason team, but they got to show us that they can they can turn the ship around a little bit here. You got to show me that. You do, in fact, have the energy. You do, in fact, have the legs for this thing. Like, How good is Cleveland? Hmm. I think Joe Flacco has done a remarkable job with that team. Nice story. Show me you can. Show me you can do it in the postseason. That's what. That's well, where but, they are. But I also I go back to them because I look at their running back by committee. I think that has been one of the untold stories in the NFL. Uh, I think Jerome Ford. I think Pierre Strong playing a really strong role. And Kareem Hunt, obviously, is, has been a key contributor there. But I look at Amari Cooper, David Njoku. I, I think one of the guys who's not getting any credit at all is Elijah Moore. Like, nobody talks about Elijah Moore. Nobody. And really, nobody talks about Amari Cooper. Do you guys understand that Amari Cooper is a 1,200-yard receiver this year? No, you didn't know that, did you? Because nobody they've, – they've flown under the radar. He's got – I mean, they have 20, they only have 22 passing touchdowns. And I think that Joe Flacco has made them far more dynamic because he has the ability, now that he's healthy in in month of December and January, his ability to throw the ball over the top. They're they're in their spot. He is not going to play this weekend. And they're they're I I think the AFC is wide open. I don't believe the Buffalo Bills are are in contention to be to to be a, a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I don't. I think Baltimore is better. I think Miami's better. Kansas City, when the chips are down, I would like to think Kansas City's better than Baltimore I, or Buffalo. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is we're not talking about Pat there. We're we're talking about his receivers, and I, if you can't count them on a, count on them in the regular season, how can you count on them in the postseason? Well, can you can you count on Jacksonville? I don't know. Is Trevor Lawrence healthy? If he's if he's ready to go, I, I'm I'm a believer. They're, they're a gamer. 
is and he plays hurt well. Houston, who who gets in? Houston or Indianapolis? Because that's the game. I think mm. I think that's the game of the weekend. I truly Houston. If Houston, if Houston wins, and I think they will. If Houston wins, man, I am here for it, dude. Like I am, I am, I was so wrong about CJ Stroud. I don't know that I could have blown that pick more figuratively um, than I than I have. I mean, it is unbelievable to me that CJ Stroud has that team on the precipice of a playoff berth. And I, I am talking about, you know, I'm talking about the Houston Texans. Right, right. Former right? former team of washcloth guy. Uh, it The Houston Texans are, in my opinion, going to Indianapolis. And they are going to win the game and they are going to get in. Mm -hmm. C.J. Stroud is a, he's a better quarterback than Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson. And if one more person on the Pat McAfee show talks about how great Anthony Richardson was, he wasn't. C.J. Stroud yeah, is right a with, revelation. You got it right with Anthony Richardson. I'll give you that. You got it right. I think C.J. Stroud's been a revelation, and I think they are very, very good. I think they are very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Jim Choi, Monty Show got, uh, got Kirk Schultz on promo photo and haven't heard anything about the Pac-12. Well, you know, we have another hour to go. Like, sit back and relax, my guy. Relax. Uh, read that one already. My bad. Uh, is it's the Taylor Swift thing? It's not. They didn't. Uh, Kelsey just needs to shake it off. Stop. So see what he did there. So that's a T Swift song, and it's Kelsey and T Swift are together, and it's shake it off and shake it off. Like it all kind of works together. I thought it was creative. Do you no. know how much I hate the Taylor Swift story? I'm so burned out on Taylor Swift. Win a game, Taylor Swift. Then we can talk about Taylor Swift. I, it, it, it's remarkable to me that I'm watching the Chiefs game last weekend, and what do they keep doing? Showing Taylor Swift. It's like, dude, they got to win the game here. Like, you're trying to give this game away. Win the game. Stop showing me Taylor Swift. Bro, they play to see Taylor Swift clips. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever, whatever. Uh, Greg Hawkins, a member of the show for 12 months. Let's go, baby. I can't do it right now. I'm, I'm editing entries. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Stay hard. Sorry, dude. Greg, good to see you. I appreciate you being here. Um, Mike Smith says Florida. Okay. Okay. Florida's amazing. Amazing. Um, let's see. Johnny Gonzalez says CJ Stroud just shows how big of a trouble of trouble is brewing in Columbus, Ohio. Boy, you, you ain't even... What? Can I just concentrate, please? Uh, Yeah, you can. We've got a contest going on. Oh, we do. That's right. Yeah. I, actually, I... Yeah. You have one picture and uh, one video there. One picture and one video. Yeah. Okay, so that's a video for Maury Alvarez. Yes. Maury Alvarez trying to sweep. Yep. Okay, which is fine. Um, and the all picture right. is from J.R. McKee. From J.R. McKee. Okay. Uh, let's see. So obviously our entries are James, um, who we saw, he showed us his Kindle. Yep. Um, J.R. McKee's got, look at that. Look at that. J.R. McKee, not only, and I don't even care. Well, I do care about the bucked up. I do. Uh, I more care about the hat. What is that hat? He, Jake, do you know what that hat is he's wearing? No. It's a Seattle Mariners fork. 
Oh, okay. That's what that is. It's a Seattle Mariners fork. I love it. And he's got the uh, 211 BCAs from Bucked Up. Boom. Love that. Absolutely love that, J.R. McKee. That's probably the leader because of the Mariners hat. No, it's not the leader. It's oh, not it's the not. leader. Okay, here's Maury Alvarez. It's time for my backstop. You gotta go to the store. If you have the opportunity to say about any famous person on any show, hey, he's, he's really worried about being on the episode. You don't think that would be, you don't think that would be a thing? Okay, we're going to the store. But no, oh, did you see the Subi in the background? No. You didn't see the Subi in the background. Okay, so we're in the store. This is Publix. This is somewhere in Florida. Florida. His daughter wins. It's hard to not give her the win. Oh my! Look at the bucked up, and now he's got bucked up in the shopping cart. Now here's my gripe. What are we doing here? See, it's self checkout. <laughs> oh no! Oh. We can't. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, Jr. is probably winning. Um, 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 um. I can we give him a? It's self check. Dude, it's self. The only excuse would be if that store only has self checkout. Maury. 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 Are you the father? Maury. Um. You are not. <laughs> in the know, comment I mean, section, yeah, you guys. A vote, bro. In the comment section, uh, Monty Oza ribeye is back. Self checkout is the best thing. No, it's not. Johnny Gonzalez says forced child labor. <laughs> James, who's in, says I'm not afraid to beg. I need the card for more books. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> uh, John Paul Bacon. I recognize that logo instantly. Living in Washington, have been a fan of all the sports teams. What did you guys think of the Winter Classic as a quick sidebar? Because it did not do well on TV. No, I'm not. No. I Seattle, you're amazing. Uh, Giggity. Maury would win hands down if his daughter took the public stick discount that James uh, got on those crab. Jameis got on those crab legs years ago. <laughs> yeah, if you had. No, we don't shoplift on this show. Uh, Maury just lost by using self-checkout. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. McKee being selfish. Self-checkout sucks. Uh, Lopesman Gabe would have given it to the girl if she, quote, accidentally forgot to scan that last can. <laughs> awesome. Capazzo, just say no to self-checkout. Thank you. Mark 324, I think McAfee just used self-checkout. I think, oh, is he did self- yes, he self-checked out of ESPN. <laughs> Maury Alvarez says, wait, wait, wait. They only have two actual checkout stands. So they did have live humans checking. <coughs> okay, Robert Fowler. Yes, it was only self-checkout. She is a future actress in the making. Maury knows how to win. Okay. Uh, Mike Smith, American hating self-checkouters. Well, 
I mean, am I always have to be negative? Yeah. Uh, Joseph Carruthers. I always use self checkout. Okay. Well, thanks for watching the show. Yeah, man. We'll, uh, uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> uh, does it really matter how you check out as long as you pay? Hey man, support the American worker. Uh, John Paul Bacon, go purple rain dogs. Let's go. It, uh, go out in the best possible way. 15 and 0 win a national championship. There you go. Stay hard. There you go. John and Gonzalez, you know, have live employees watch yourself check out. You do. And I never understood that. Oh, I do understand because people are hyenas. Yeah, shrink and stuff. The winter classic in Ann Arbor is the definition of winter classic. Yeah. Is that the one where you spend all winter stealing? Never mind. Uh, what do you want to do here? Who's in the Fine lead? Stealer guy. Um, so Maury's in the lead is what you're I saying. I think that's what the people are saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to say. Despite the self-checkout thing, he is in the lead because it's a video submission. Tom, and he went, he put effort into the edit. I agree. Tom Dean, I'll use self-checkout when the store pays me. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll play it one more time. Jake, spot the Subi in the parking lot. It's time for my backpack. Okay, Polk City Bulldogs. I like it. Notice the license plate here. This is why. Oh, the refrigerator's car. empty. Okay. You gotta go to the store. If Monty show in the car, well done. Whether that you could golf in. You don't think that would be. You don't think that would be a thing. Well, the kid, the kid is also a videographer. There's a cell phone. He's got music underneath. There's the Subi right there. Dude, that's a Honda, bro. That that's looks like not a Honda. Honda bro. That's not a Honda. That looks like a Honda. That bro. was a Subi. He marches right down the aisle. Look at the confidence that goes right to the bucked up section of the shelf. I like it. And she knows right where it is. Oh, so it's Walmart. Okay, you're at Walmart. Okay. Yeah, and you got Mango Tango, bitch. One. Now listen to the double scan here. Yeah, Maury knew. Maury knew. And then she pilfered the... No, she scanned it. She did scan it. Okay, okay. We have confirmation. Okay. I think Maury's got the lead. I agree. 29 minutes to go to make your submissions. Uh, we're going to give away a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, Monty needs to use the Telestrator for bucked up videos. I believe I do. Yeah. I believe I need to get a Telestrator. Okay. I, I think that's absolutely right. Gumby fresh out. I vote for James. Oh boy. Controversy. Controversy. Um, James, let's do a poll. I know guys here will support me. <laughs> do it. He's asking for it. I'm I'm in favor of this. Uh, so, so we've got a three-way race here right now. Okay. J.R. McKee, Maury Alvarez, and our boy James. Hi, this is James. All Welcome right. back. Start a poll. All right. Let's see. Who... Who has the bucked up lead? Let's see. Mm -hmm. Um, Maury. At and, and can you can you you know spell it out like more and then e? I can do as you like. Yeah, more e. <laughs> uh, okay. And then J R. J R Ewing. Right. And then add an option. Stool water. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Launch. Launch. 
<laughs> okay, the poll is up. The poll is up. Let's go. The poll is up. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. More E at Walmart, J.R. Ewing or Ollie Gordon. Okay, excellent. See, thank you. Now thank it's you. 50-50 more. Oh, wow. This oh, is going to be tight. Okay. J.R. Ewing gets got both Ollie Gordon. Maury, Ollie Gordon. Oh, oh, oh Ollie Gordon pulling away. Ollie Gordon pulling away. Damn. No, I'm not going to. stalwart. No, now it's tied. Maury Alvarez tied. Okay. Look at him go back and forth. Down the stretch. <laughs> Probably too much. 18 furlongs to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the flat, the last furlong, Maury Alvarez. <laughs> Maury and uh, Ollie Gordon are tied 41. So we'll let that oh, roll yeah, for we'll a minute. We'll check back in a few minutes. Yeah. I'll let that roll for a minute. James says he just sent a video. Where did you send it? And where did now, you send it, Now, here's the thing, though. James doesn't often follow rules. So he did tag you. He did tag you on Twitter. Okay. So <clears throat> you, you may have to go in. Yeah, I'll go handle it. Give me one sec here. You know, you know. It, it is what it is. All right. Well, Jake is going to look for the video. The vid. Uh, let's get hour number three started on the Monty Show. Uh, as always, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, you know about The Advocates. They No matter where you're listening to this show, theadvocates.com. You can chat with an injury attorney 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. And you never have to pay a penny out of pocket to work with the advocates because they don't charge you consultation fees. They don't charge you retainers. No, you never pay the advocates out of pocket because you don't pay unless and until they win your case, right? So if you got hurt at work, if you got in a car accident with this unbelievable Arctic snowstorm that is gripping the Mountain West, really all this country. Uh, if you've been in a car wreck, if you slipped and fell, the advocates are your are your huckleberry here because- the advocates have seen everything that you're going through. They're so experienced. All you have to do is focus on becoming the best version of yourself again. Get healthy. Get back to work. You're worried about how you're going to make your rent or pay your mortgage or your car payment or take care of your family. The advocates are going to help you with that. Get to theadvocates.com right now. Chat with an attorney live online, 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. Big news today that if you listen to this show you already knew about, and that is it, the college football playoff officially next week is going to throw a lifeline to the Pac-2. And I say that because, as we reported first and exclusively on this show, the college football playoff is going to go to a 5-7 format. And what does that mean? For 12 qualifiers, there's going to be five automatic qualifiers. So the four big conferences – the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. The conference champion gets an auto bid into the college football playoff, and then there will be seven at-large bids. Now, here's the catch. And what a lot of people have gotten stuck on over the last several months is how that would happen. It would take a unanimous 11 to nothing vote of the college football playoff executive committee, of which Kirk Schultz is a member, the president of Washington State University. Now, those in the conspiracy theory world, Aaron Rodgers included. What see what I did there? See what he did there. Did that, anyway, yeah. Uh, those in the conspiracy world would tell you that Kurt Schultz is going to stand up and fight tooth and nail. Well, he's actually not going to do that. He's going to vote for a five-seven format because Kirk Schultz understands what we have been telling you on this show for months. 
If you have more at-large bids, it gives Washington State and Oregon State a much better opportunity to find their way into the college football playoff. Because very quietly, in a move that did not require a unanimous vote, the college football playoff committee said you must have eight members uh, to get an automatic qualifier, which the Pac-2 does not. So they basically said, hey, yeah, the Pac-12, you can be a conference, but you won't have access to the college football playoff with just two members. But you can have access to an at-large bid. That's done. It's over. Kirk Schultz will vote. That will go 11-0 in a 5-7 format will be adopted. And it makes the most sense for Washington State and Oregon State because it gives them their best shot to still compete for a national championship in college football. That's also what Oregon State and Washington State are using to hire coaches, to recruit players. It is a strong play for Washington State and Oregon State, who I would remind you have a scheduling alliance in both football and basketball with the Mountain West, who also would get a automatic qualifier if they were the top-rated conference champion out of the G5. But I think everybody roundly agrees that the Mountain West is a respectable G5 conference. If you run the table on your Mountain West schedule and then you find your way into a non-conference schedule that you run the table as well, there is no reason that Oregon State and Washington State couldn't be one of the top seven uh, at-large bids, excuse me. I, I think, Jake, this is a very good thing for Oregon State and Washington State. Absolutely, and I, and I think the the you said it best when you said, this is what they need to be successful. So they they were not in a position where, you know, hey, we can count on having an auto qualifier. So the idea that Kirk Schultz would stand in the way of this vote has been silly from the beginning. And that's exactly what we've been telling you for hell, I, months now, probably. I mean, at least two months now, we've been kind of talking about this. And now it's kind of come full circle. So to me, I, I, I just think if you're Oregon State fan or Washington State fan, like, this is what you want to hear. This is what you're looking for because I agree. If you run through your Mountain West schedule and you find a way to win a ball game in the first round of the college football playoff as like an 11 seed, let's say, or a 12 seed, maybe even a 10, like you're in a good place there, man. That's a really successful season and you should be happy that you still have access to the college football playoff because that's how you make money in football. And so to me, I just, I, everyone wanted to make this out like, oh man, Kirk Schultz is going to do like yeoman's work and he's going to be this hero. He's going to take a like, stand for yeah, the conference. Like, as, as if this guy he is like running for, for president, us. dude. I mean, what is this guy, the Dark Knight or something? Like, come on, He's dude. the hero we need, but, but not, not deserve. deserve. That's right. You don't deserve him after all because he is helping you move forward at the end of the day anyway. So that's why I say. Yes, this is a good model, in my opinion. I My favorite part of this has always been that the highest-rated conference champion at the G5 level gets an AQ. I love that about the 5-7 model. And I think it's proper. I think, you know, for the G5s, it gives them the access that they deserve, in my opinion. And to have an expanded playoff where seven teams are going to compete for the highest ranking to get in is awesome. I think we couldn't ask for better. I would agree with that. Okay. Real quick before we get your comments on the Pac-12. Matt Ritson, slam dunk on the little girl at Walmart. Okay. Okay. Um, Mike Smith, 
make fun of Ollie. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Oxenfree will make fun. Ollie will make fun of you. Okay. Lance Johnson. Hey, that Stillwater dig is for James, not me. Correct. That's right. Correct. Um, James says, don't call me Stoolwater. <laughs> you should call me the yeah guy. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gumby. The problem Maury taking his daughter to Walmart is the store manager tried to get her to unload a truck. Well, see what he see what he did there. See what he did there. Uh Gregory Krug, polls are fun, so are polls, said your mom. Yay! Polls and poll like it's you know, it's like at the club. It, it okay. Uh Tom Dean, wait, the vote already started. We can't change things after the vote starts. That's exactly right. But now I have to preface this. This entry that James has sent in. Mm -hmm. Now, it's cool because of what he's showing, but uh, I haven't heard it with my own ears, but I don't see a reference to Bucked Up anywhere in this video. And if that's the case, if we Ooh, play this video... That's an auto loss. And there's no reference to Bucked Up. That is, in my opinion, an auto loss on all fronts. Here we go. All right, guys. I just checked my drawer. My last Bucked Up is gone. Which one of you did it? Was it you? Was it you? Which one of you did it? Who did it? There is no bucked up in this video. Wait a minute. Why are there two of you? How can there be two of you? You're fake. You must have done it. Yes, I did it. Ah, I'm still out of bucked up. So he doesn't have bucked up. I mean, he what references you... it. I'm looking more his son in another video. Oh, he has. Yeah. Okay. So. I, okay. So he. Uh, okay. We. I, I'm not sure. We've never had this issue on the program before. So here's my deal. It's you, you're doing a video submission about bucked up. So like he references it, but he doesn't have product claiming he's out. But the, here's the problem with that, James. We know that bucked up delivers very quickly. And we know based on Maury's video, you can go to Walmart and I know there's a Walmart around you somewhere. So the idea that you're out really isn't an excuse. That's what I have trouble with. Is, am I being too harsh? Like, no, I mean, and Maury has a Subaru in his video. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, it's time for my backstop. I mean, he's got his daughter representing the Bulldogs. The other thing is he's got a big 12 reference with the BYU. Right, so truck stop conference. Now he's got the empty fridge. He gotta go to right? the store. I mean, we're all here just for the, the okay. The Monty show is on in the car in the family culture. Right now, and the daughter is filming Maury Alvarez being a very responsible driver. Right, right, and she gets a selfie in there. Quality in the edit. Now look, here's the Subaru. That is a Subaru. No, that is not. not a Honda. That's not a Subaru. Yes, it is. It's a Subi. That's bullshit. No, it's I'm not. I'm not sure I even need to add Maury's second entry. I, I, I think that first one is. Uh, Lance Johnson, James is the unofficial mayor of North Dallas apartment complexes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Tom Teen. Sorry, James. DQ. No bucked up, disqualified. Look at him going See, hard. I kind of agree with that, dude. Like, I appreciate what you tried to do there. I'm not criticizing you for that. I just think. The video submission concept is pretty clear. I think the product has to be in the video. Yeah, like, I, I think the product has to be in the video. And the poll says that Maury at Walmart won. Okay, great. 
Maury, I appreciate the second entry, but I'm not even putting it in because you won. You won. All right. Maury Albert. So are we saying that Maury won the $100 yes, Amazon Maury has won. Jake Gordon. Jake Gordon. Bro, where have you been? What's up, Monty and son? It's been a second, but back? love y'all. Love you, you back, dude. dude. Yeah, where are you, dude? We well, he, we he, saw he, you he in left the... Uh, he, he went out of town. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, look like a Honda. Agree with Jake. I'm a loser. Uh, Britt... Oh, Mrs. Monty. Well, I think you're missing the summer like clothes while we're in the frozen north. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. All right. Uh, he wins. All right. Real quick. Let's recap the, the Pac-12 situation because then we got to get to NBA real quick or maybe buying cars and Patrick Mahomes' wife not tipping, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, tipping. Do you see Washington State or Oregon State going to the college football playoff? I, I don't think in the immediate future. I, I think that the struggle is, again, much like the NFL conversation, is having talent. I mean, you're in that place where you have to find your head coach. You have to find, you know, your your roster, obviously. Like, I, I, I look at their situation at Oregon State, and I say, hey, like, you do have a long road to hoe here. And I think for for Washington State, I'm just not sure that anyone wants to be part of your program because your program is in deep debt. You've run this thing into the ground, Kirk Schultz. So as as much as you're amazing for getting this done and you know pushing the five seven through, now we come back to your budget at your individual school is not in a good place. So do they get into the college football playoff? Yeah, you have access. Yeah, you have access, and I've always been in favor of this setup, but. You know, you have to find a way to go out and get that talent. And so when I look at Oregon State, I love the renovation at Reeser. I love the direction that was going. But now that Jonathan Smith has moved along, your quarterback, you know, talent has moved with them. Like, you're not exactly in a thriving situation. With that said, I think if there was ever a time to get through a difficult situation in college football specifically, now is the time. You have to build a prolific NIL program. You got to you got to get good in the transfer portal and build the roster. So I do think you can get in the portal, but you look around the Mountain West, you should be able within what two, maybe three seasons at most, you should be contending at the top of that conference fast. Like especially in football, you should be able to go out. What do you, dude, you're totally ruining my take. You're totally see, so this is my problem right here. This guy throws it to me because his bladder's tiny. I'm my in the middle is of not my tiny. take. I'm in the middle of my take. My bladder is not tiny. And what do you do? You walk right through my shot, dude. I crop dusted you too, but that doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is, I actually didn't. The point is, I am here for the I am here for the Pac-12. I think it is, I think this is their only way back. Tom Dean says P break. Yes, absolutely. Johnny Gonzalez, I see Oregon and Washington before the state schools. Well. Obby. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about, dude. Abby, uh, Capazzo, maybe Oregon State, but I think Washington State is screwed. I think Washington State is in such a massive financial hole that I just don't see any way that they can survive that. Yeah. I mean, they, you just cannot compete financially. And I think this is a lifeline for Oregon State. There is no doubt about that. And I think you have to, you're going to have to rebuild. There's no doubt you have lost massive talent, both in the coaches. And in the players, I just think it is, it's rough, dude. Mm -hmm. It's rough where they are. Uh, Joseph Carruthers says, groundbreaking a bathroom break during the Monty show. Hey, dude, you know what? I <laughs> Would you rather us just put the show in commercial break? I, I, we I can do that. You know. Uh, and Whoa, hey. 
Uh, and he says, uh, Oregon State and Washington State will always be one thing where Oregon washes out or non-starters go to play like Washington State got like three ex-Oregon players. <laughs> you got That's cold-blooded. I Listen, you... Is there no credit for them making the best out of a terrible situation? I think there should be. I, I, this is a this is a win. I mean, the fact that you salvaged access to the college football playoff through this whole thing is ridiculous. Their only other avenue to a championship is if the ACC melts down. If the ACC melts down, everything changes. I think the issue for Washington State is financial, but there is no reason Oregon State cannot be the dominant team on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to recruit. They now have the facilities. You have good administration there. You are going, the thing that you don't have is what Dion talks about. You're all a bunch of non-believers, the unbelievers, yes. right? That's the issue at Oregon State. Is it, believe Yeah, people don't believe that Oregon State can still compete. And I'm telling you, they can. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to happen this year? No. But there's no reason that that you're not going to compete down the road. You weren't going to win anyway. If the Pac-12 had stayed together, is, is there a real chance that Oregon State could have been a top-12 team? No, I don't believe there is. I truly do not believe there is. Right. And I, I, it's it's a very difficult argument to make. It is a it's a very difficult argument to make. Uh, and donuts, what's up, and donuts? Good to see you. Regional football is Wazoo's lifeline. Absolutely, because you have to control your cost. That's exactly right. You have to control your cost, but you know what else you have to do? You have to schedule out a conference. And the WCC agreement, and I, I, I am I am telling you, it is, it's just one of those things where you have to find a way to compete. And I think this is exactly right. It, it, regionality and cost is huge. Lance Johnson, in a conference, even the best come back to, to the mean eventually, and that is not a good thing for those schools. It's not. They now, but you understand, Washington State, and more specifically Oregon State, can be the bully in the Mountain West. They, they can be the best team in the Mountain West. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. No, I, I just don't know how you, are you going to have to have a one-loss season? You are. But it, playing that competition, are you telling me that there's no way you can do that? Come on, you're better than that. I think you can absolutely do that. There is no doubt in my mind they can have one-loss season. Yeah. Um, Casey to boss born and bred there until I moved to Cali, but came back to Washington because I had to, and I love the team. It's a tough road to hoe right now for Washington state. There is no doubt about that. It is a very difficult place to be. And I think that you're going to have to figure out what your long term is, but there's no reason you can't compete. I, I, you have to be creative. You have to be willing to do the things you don't want to do. To but make is Kirk money. Schultz capable of doing no, that? No, he's not. That's my exactly. That's my point. Right? Yes, Joseph. Jonathan Smith leaving was a kick in the nuts. But do you blame him? And I don't. You should be prepared for your head coach to leave at any time. I'm a big believer in that, especially in today's landscape. And by the way, it shouldn't have been with what happened to you. It should not be any surprise that he left. I, I don't mean, think so on. either. Let's I don't not, think let's so not either. Sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's a surprise, dude. Come on. Uh, Tom Dean says, have you been crop dusted at work? Call the advocates. Exactly. Damn right. right, dude. Exactly right. Uh, John Paul Bacon, what percentage of a chance that Kalen DeBoer goes to Michigan if there's an opening or he stays with the Huskies? Well, I think it's a very interesting. Does he win a natty? I mean, if he wins a natty, I think he's staying in Washington. 
What happens to Michigan after Monday night? I don't know either. Because Jim Harbaugh, and remember who told you, Jim Harbaugh is going to talk with the the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. And he is their most likely candidate. What happens to Michigan? I, I, I just don't, I don't know what happens to Michigan. Look at James now. James has now sent in a photo, supposedly. There it is. James has ordered, James has ordered bucked up. Uh, and I'm not going to, I can't, no, we can't put that up because it's got your address on it. Oh, yeah. I can't you should do that. take that down. Yeah, James. you can't do that. But I'll give you credit. James ordered bucked up. Maury Alvarez won. He'll be ready for next time. Good job, James. Appreciate That's right, you, James. Bro. Tuesday, we're going to give away another $100 gift card for your Kindle. Appreciate you. But I would tell you it's probably not the best thing in the world to be putting your, your address on the internet. You know. You know, you guys want to hear something crazy? So, do you guys get a lot of spam text? Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot, but once in a while I get, uh, you know, one or two or, you know. So, Mrs. Monty made me her world-famous stovetop oats this morning. Apple oats, amazing. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there, you know, talking about how great our life is and how hot I am. And, you know, dude, like it was, it's amazing. I think we were actually talking about her day and my day and the weekend and whatever it was. And my phone buzzes. And it's a topless photo. I kid you not. And Mrs. Monty can attest to this. I showed it to her. It's a topless photo of a woman. <laughs> and at like 9.30 last night, I got a couple of texts saying, hey, how are you? What's going on tonight? From that same number. And then this morning, this person just sends me a topless photo. So, of course, I blocked him and reported the spam. But this is becoming an epidemic now. Mm-hmm. I get, I must get two or three spam texts a day. All the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting <laughs> as much that way, but... But yeah, I've never, I mean, that's pretty crazy that you got a, basically a nude sent to you. I did. And Mrs. Monty saw it. I showed it to her. And what did she say? She's like, you just got to block the number and report it. Yeah. And I was like, all right. She showed me, like, I couldn't figure out how to report it right away, but she showed me how. It's ridiculous. Uh, Lance Johnson, Monty is in fantasy world. Please get him buckshot. Now, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding at all. Uh, Michigan needs Lance Leipold. I, listen, I don't know. Dude, like, they're going to extend him, man. He's not going to Michigan. I think when you look at what, what, what do you, what is required of a coach at Michigan? What, because you're going to have to deal with some very serious repercussions. And I think it is, it's going to be very difficult if you are Michigan, not to hire Sharon Moore as your head coach. Yeah. Right? How do you not – how is that not the well, first guy you talk to? Because he's part of Jim Harbaugh's staff. <clears throat> and I think that, uh, you know, we don't know just how severe that NCAA discipline is going to be. I think there is no doubt in my mind that he's their top candidate. And, he and hey, if he knew about the sign stealing, he's going to get slapped anyway. But he won't be he won't be a fall guy. That's going to be quitter coach Jim Harbaugh, who's going to walk away from them to avoid punishment. Yeah. Um, I think that Lance Leipold is a guy that 
The, I mean, the job that he's done, it's unquestioned. I mean, the, the way he's turned around Kansas football, I don't know that we've ever seen the Jayhawks like this on the football field, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Kalen DeBoer, I have a hard time believing he leaves Washington for Michigan. You're in the same conference now. I have a hard time seeing him leave there um, to take that job. I My guess is Sharon Moore, and I would think after that, isn't, isn't Jesse Minter a candidate as well? I mean, the defensive coordinator at Michigan? I'd have to think so. Mm, I don't know, why, dude. Why would you go outside? Because you'd, you, if you're gonna, if Jim's gonna step away, I don't know. It, it's philosophical for me. I'm not hiring any of his assistants or anybody on his staff. Y- y'all knew what was going on. Like, we'll see you later. But when has Michigan said they did anything wrong? They're they guy. They offered Jim Harbaugh a massive extension. Right. But why is it that as part of that extension, they needed to put in a clause that said he can't go to the league because, because they, they didn't want him is. to leave. Yeah. And why is he, why is he leaving? Oh, that's right. Because of what he did yeah. and the discipline that he knew is definitely going to come down on Michigan. Yeah. Jake Gordon, who's uh, all watching the jazz game. We have it on in the background. They're going to get smoked by Boston. Yeah. Trust me when I say, if somebody wants to explain to me, why this team has become so heavily dependent on on Simone Fontecchio and why on earth you can't figure out that you should be starting Walker Kessler, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Why, why this team went away from Walker at the five, Laurie at the four, I, I, I frankly, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. And the other guy that I don't understand, what happened to Ochai Agbaji? Like, did he kick your dog? Because I don't understand. The, the rotations on this Jazz team are incredibly frustrating. Yes, they In- are. Incredibly frustrating. UW fan Jim, the biggest reason DeBoer won't take the UM job is the possibility of sanctions. And, and I think he's got one of the best jobs in college football. He does. Well, Washington is a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. Uh, I will be at some UFL games. They changed the Texas Rangers old ballpark into a football stadium, and it's cool. Okay. Okay. Cool. Lance Johnson, I should go to Michigan as a head coach. I have glasses and khakis. I will travel. I mean, you should let them know that. Do it. Let them know that. Um, Let's see. Aluminerdski. Aluminerdski. The only requirement, beat Ohio State. Jim's done that three years in a row. Tom Dean. If Michigan pays eight million, KU pays five. KU would find three million to keep Leipold, and I don't think he's at a point. I think he'd have a hard time turning the job down. But there, you're going to take Sharon Moore before you're taking Lance Leipold, aren't you? Yeah, I would think. Gonzalez, NCAA punishment will be a slap on the wrist by a feather. Eh, I think they're going to prove a point. They they're going to prove a point. Uh. Tanner Plummer, Fontecchio more versatile. That's the only uh, reason I can think of why Kessler isn't starting. I I am a long-suffering Chicago Bulls fan. If you really need John Collins in the starting lineup, Kessler, Collins, and Blari at the two, or the, I mean, it should, it should be, it should be Walker Kessler at the five. Yeah. Laurie at the four, John Collins at the three. Uh, it should be, I would play. No, no, no. You're going to play John Collins at the four. Laurie at the three. Uh, Keontae at the one. And 
I, I don't know what you do. They don't have a number. I, Colin Sexton, I I think I would likely play Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. But the idea that Ochai Agbaji has completely fallen off the radar, remarkable to me. At some point, and the Salt Lake City media won't do it. Let's not kid ourselves. Somebody has to hold Will Hardy accountable for this rotation because it's terrible. And I would only hope that he's getting aged. I guess. Uh, That's my only hope because this is terrible. Katie Rader, better question. Who watches the NBA? They are imploding. Their numbers are massive. Their numbers are not Yeah, what do you mean they're imploding? The NBA is thriving, in my opinion. Uh, and the numbers say, Jake uh, Gordon, I've missed the jazz talk, so I'm all here for it now. Oh, we'll be talking to jazz. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the snowboarding deal, or what do you know? Dude. Do we want to talk about roster construction? Or this uh, team know. is so focused on everything but winning, it's incredibly frustrating. Patrick, the Pack Two still deserves a spot according to the original rule. No, it does not. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. No, it doesn't. And the thing that people don't want to embrace is the original rules, like in this argument, they're meaningless because they're not the rules anymore. So why do they still deserve a spot? I mean, you know, this is, again, one of the things where we're like, oh, I don't like the rules. Let's sue. Well, they legally changed the rules and you have to have eight teams in your conference. They don't is what it is. Uh, I love the NBA. I just wish Dallas could trade and get Chet from OKC. Chet and Luka would be great. Yet, unfortunately, OKC is arguably the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah. Because I don't want to see that team if I'm Denver. Uh, Fontecchio is a stud. No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not. Uh, Jake Gordon Sexton at the one, George at the two. You're undersized at that point. you, You need... This roster needs to be overhauled. Something terrible, terrible. Like I like John Collins. Why are you not playing Kessler at the five, Collins at the four, Laurie at the three? I know it's too simple. I know that's why you're not. Yeah. Uh, Lance Johnson. They don't deserve something they no longer have. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I like Fontecchio, but yes, at the end of the day, he's a role player. They need to rely on Laurie and Walker more. They do. But for whatever reason, like. When the starting lineup changed, it was like, oh, we're just playing with rotations and we're seeing what works and, you know, we're just experimenting. Well, now we're 35 games in or 40 games in, whatever we're in. We're done experimenting, dude. Like, and that's why I say I, 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 the, the shift in energy of this team is wild. Like last year you were trying to win as many games as possible, but you were just so terrible. You were capped at like 30 or whatever you wound up, wound up having this year. You're capable of winning 30, 35. I firmly believe that. And if you had good execution, good X's and O's, I think you could flirt with like 36, 37 wins. But you don't. And I'm not saying Will Hardy sucks, but what I am saying is that we're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping for the best because I think you want to lose games. And that's not a sexy strategy. Yeah, Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Hey, you know, I, I... It's frustrating. Uh, Let's see. Katie Rader. Sorry, guys. The viewership is way down and teams are struggling to get views. What are you talking about? Like, no, I'm being, you're being, you're kidding, right? Uh, NBA viewership. Um, The NBA has had, I I don't even know. Like, I I believe their Christmas numbers. um, Let me look. Their, their, their numbers are, 
are on their mass. They're doing very well. Like what do what are we even talking about? Um, the NBA, not to mention the in-season tournament, um, saw a massive uptick in, in ratings during the NBA, during the NBA in-season tournament, 2 million people, um, on national TV for a tournament game last week between the Kings and the Warriors, 93% increase over games in a comparable window last year. Uh, like, uh, what are we even talking about? Uh, tournament games on ESPN and TNT averaged 1.5 million, a 26% increase. Um, ESPN averaged 1.5 million viewers per game uh, in November. TNT 1.4, an increase on average of 24%. Like at that, it's wild to me. The cheapest available ticket in the secondary market um, was $68 for the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the cheapest available ticket to a non-tournament game this week is $72 for a prime ticket. Did you guys understand that, that this league is not struggling at all? Their league pass numbers and digital numbers are huge. Like, why do you think everybody's walking away from traditional cable and satellite deals? And again, with all due respect, Katie Raider, the, the numbers are, the numbers are, it's hard not to really argue. A question. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, I'll say this, despite the fact that the Jazz have no direction right now, the team is fun to watch. They're athletic. I would agree with that. Uh, all right, real quick. I do want to get to the story on tipping. Do you tip well? Did you guys hear this about Brittany Mahomes? This, now I want you to understand, I've worked in restaurants for, it, it early in my radio career, probably 10, 12 years I've worked, I waited tables. So I have a lot of experience with this. But it's hard for me to listen to stories like this about Brittany Mahomes. Today I realized the world doesn't like Brittany Mahomes, not because she's annoying. No, I don't like her because she doesn't tip restaurant staff. I worked at the One Hotel West Hollywood. I was a server, barista, bartender. I did every position and I believe Brittany was in town to shop for her wedding dress. And my first interaction with her, she ran up over a $100 tab. She was with her whole posse. Uh, Patrick was not there, but I believe their tab was well over $100, maybe like $130, $0 tip. And that happens sometimes. So I was willing to let the first one slide. And I'm like, maybe she just didn't like me. Maybe it was something I said. Um, but they were there for almost a week, I think, and did not tip a single one of our staff. And not only did she not tip, she was just genuinely unpleasant. And I totally understand celebrities don't owe you anything, especially when you're out in public. As a public figure, you should always go out thinking, okay, the people I interact with are clocking these interactions and they're going to remember this. And I will. Yeah. How are you, Brittany Mahomes, and you are tipping zero? That's a problem for me. I agree. That is a huge problem for I, me. I, my thing with Pat off the field, his circle has no respect for who he is and what he provides them. No, they do not. Whether it's Jackson, Brittany, whatever. They don't respect the the life that he's provided for them, and and I'm not saying that that they got to go around just trying to serve Pat. But again, it, it's like what I said about Pat McAfee and ESPN, dude. Do you have no respect for for the life that someone just handed you? I mean, this cat grinded his ass off for 20 years or whatever to get into the league, like 15 years to get into the league. He's a gazillionaire now, and you think it's cool to just go around not tipping people? 
that's a bad look. And it's worse because you are a celebrity now. When we see you 80 times in NFL broadcasts sitting there with, you know, Swift cheering along or whatever. It's a bad look. And I don't know why Pat won't do anything about this. I don't know why, you know, yeah. Pat won't do anything about his freaking brother. Why won't you do anything about your wife? Like, you got to, like, your people got to represent you well, man. Yeah, and they and they do not at all. Like, um, like with tipping, I'm a big believer. It's a performance-based program. If you're going to give me good service, like, like at a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, okay, if the food goes awry but the service is really good, I'm still going to tip well, right? I am. Hey, you messed up my order, but you were right there to fix it, and you got the food reordered quick, and it was out pretty quick. Okay, I'll still tip you well. But if you're just going to roll up and not talk to us and not build connection and we're going to have to wait a half hour for our food, yeah, it's just bad. I don't think so. I'm not tipping you well. I have no shame tipping you 8% if you're not giving me good service. What am I tipping you for? All right. Do you guys tip well? Um, Katie Rader, one more comment, says 2 million. NFL is 20 to 25 million. Are you comparing NBA viewership to football viewership? Why would you do that? Football is a much, much, much larger sport. I mean, you don't have to like the NFL, the, the uh, NBA, but the idea that because NFL and college football, I mean, college football draws exponentially more than the NFL. Yeah, instead of saying NBA viewership is suffering, you should say, hey, yeah, when the NBA went up against the NFL, they lost in viewership. Okay, or, My guess is you're saying you don't want to talk NBA, you want to talk football, which, I, which I'm fine with, which I'm fine with. Um, Big Daddy Magic says, uh, Victor is a great tipper. Giggity says, excuse me, did the blonde say she does every position? I believe she did say that. Uh, I believe so. Take it easy. Uh, you got to tip, Aaron Wilson says you do. Uh, Patrick will find everyone ever wronged by his wife and make it right. <laughs> That's a long list, dude. Leave a decent tip when warranted. At the same time, tipping has gotten out of hand. So this Agreed. is the conversation. Like if you go into when we were just on the road for two a donut weeks, shop wants a tip. No, I'm not tipping. you. I'm dude. not tipping you for You're putting donuts employee, in a box, dude. Um, like, I, I mean, I guess, do you tip Starbucks workers? Mm, That's a tough I would, one. I would probably consider tipping uh, a Starbucks worker if I went to the same Starbucks every day and formed a relationship. Because they are mixing new drinks. Yeah, they're making new drinks. And let me tell you, firsthand experience, the barista matters. Absolutely. And you tip bartenders. Absolutely. Isn't that what a barista is? Yes. Do you tip fast food workers? Because this pisses me off. The answer is no. Um, like if you go, Mrs. Monty and I several weeks ago went to The Habit. Mm -hmm. And they flip the screen around and they're like, uh, just a couple of questions. No, it's do you want to tip? And the answer is no. I'm not tipping fast food workers. That that's the thing that makes me crazy. Well, why am I, why is it the expectation that everybody's getting a tip? I don't think I was so I don't think like with at a place like the habit, a fast casual sit down where they're not providing you service but they are making your food. The strategy isn't that they expect you to tip. I think the strategy is, hey, well, if we ask for tips 100% of the time, maybe we get half. And if we just get half, that's more than nothing. I think that's the new strategy in the game, whether it's McDonald's or, you know, a place like the habit or whatever, they're going to ask for it and hope for the best. Yeah. I think, I think people will do that and people will tip fast food. Yeah. And I'm telling you not to do it. Um, uh, let's see. 
Aaron Wilson says, there's a red star now. Must be one year. Let's go. Okay. Appreciate you, dude. You're one of our best supporters. Carruthers, uh, what some people don't realize is that in most restaurants, the wait staff has to tip out other people. 20% is customary for a reason. Ser- servers lose money when you don't tip. Okay, well, what he's talking about is, like I worked at Chili's Bar and Grill for years and years. I had to tip the bartender and I had to tip the bussers. And it was all relying on how much money I made. If I had a big night and I had a huge bar tab, I was absolutely tipping the bartender well. If I had to bust my own tables, I was not tipping the bus staff well. Usually that was not the issue. I worked at some really good restaurants. So Big Daddy Magic, I only go to three restaurants and I've always get the same waitress. I tip very well because I get the same people. Uh, and they are so grud- they are so grunge. My meal always comes out to 1858 I tip 10 bucks. Okay, there you go. There you go. Aaron Wilson, tipping everywhere is out of hand especially retail who make commission plus hourly. Yeah. There was some of that too. Shopping at a mall. I, I just a couple of questions. You know when they flip the screen over and they're like, "Hey, just a couple of questions." No, I'm not tipping. I want it was it at It wasn't at Nike. Was it at Sephora? It might have been at Sephora. I, I can't remember. Capazzo. Because Pat is just like them, except he understands that you have to save face in public. Yes, you do. Lance Johnson, he got his brother out of five, six counts. So that was probably a good tip. He may right. have. He may have. Aaron Wilson. Uh, but you got to tip service people. You do. J.R. McKee says 17 games versus 82 games. Yeah, there's a lot more. They, I mean, the football basketball argument is so different. Yeah. And football fans, not just Katie Raider, but every football fan always makes that argument. And I understand it. A lot of college football fans hate the NBA, and it, which is a little surprising to me. But yeah, a lot of college football fans hate the NBA. Absolutely. Uh, that That's sad that a student I tip better than someone who has millions more than me. If the service is bad or you hate the company, I would still tip. If the service is bad, this is going to sound terrible. I generally eat at really nice restaurants. So Mastro's Ocean Club at City Center in Las Vegas. Excellent service. I'm I'm tipping really well. Um, We went to, I'm trying to think where else we went. We went to an Italian restaurant in Huntington Beach. Average service, but we eat there all the time and know all the people. I tipped really well. But if I go to a restaurant and you give me terrible service Javier's. and the Javier's in Las Vegas was the worst restaurant experience I think I've ever had. I can't remember being so pissed off at a restaurant. It was $300 for the worst service, crappy food in a terrible environment. I did not tip well. I did not. T- you brought me the wrong food. Food wasn't good. I'm not tipping well. I'm not like it was one of those things where he took the order and disappeared. It was terrible. Uh, yes, always even if the service is mid, you, Jim says. Agreed with Jake as a Red Raider, high school end food would not be that bad anyway. I like it. Capazzo, I tip to the level of service provided. That I like. As you should. Yep. Uh, I tip well. I live in Oregon where until recently there was no self-service at gas stations. There was no self-service gas station. If someone pumps my gas, I tip them. Okay, I like that. Uh, tip your server. They aren't getting minimum wage. It's a small amount plus tips. I don't disagree with that. And donuts golf fun, not a tip. Appreciate that, my guy. Yeah, appreciate you, dude. Yeah, I it, it is it is terrible winter here in, in Utah. Mm-hmm. And looking at the PGA tour is at the century in Maui. 
like Maury Alvarez sending us videos from Florida. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, John Paul, there's a uh, donut franchise near me called Legendary uh, Donuts. Okay. Okay. I like it. Uh, just a couple of bucks, unless it's a true server, you dub fan. Um, Monty, I concede. I just read some stuff about the NBA failing. I have no skin in the game. No, it's all good, Katie. It's just conversation. Um, Capazzo, tip sharing is bull crap. Tip sharing. Okay. Uh, Delaric, I tip based on performance, 5 to 20%, but I think we should stop tipping altogether and just pay a decent wage to servers because tipping comes from prohibition era. It's just a bribe. I don't disagree with that. Service people, we do not. The problem is now with social media, we see all the assholes that throw their drinks back at Starbucks yeah. workers. And, yeah. you know, yesterday, dude jumping over a, a bench in a courtroom. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know. Yeah, tip your judge. They provide a service. Yeah. Uh, Lance, in a place where the weight bar staff are legally allowed to make less than minimum wage and still tax 10% of their sales, you should tip well. Yeah. Trust me, I know all about that. I know all about that. Louis Capazzo, I'm watching for my electric bill to ask for a tip. It is out of control. It, it is totally out of control. Yeah. Uh, Roche, what's up, Derek? Uh, I round up the nearest dollar uh, with donut shops and such. Okay. I don't hate that. Maury Alvarez, I hate it when retail asks for tip. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Casey says, aren't you guys on a radio show? We are not on a radio show. Uh, J.R. McKee, not long ago, I saw a tip screen at a self-effing checkout. Yes, I have seen that, J.R. Maddening. Mad I'm waiting for like convenience store tip requests. <laughs> Like, if you go into a Maverick in Utah, they hand make your breakfast food. No, I'm not tipping at a, at a convenience store. No. I, I'm not. Uh, Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America. We tip well with good service. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly right. Um, Tom Dean, YouTube video. My new obsession, Netflix quarterback Leanne Morgan about Mahomes and his circle is hilarious. His circle is hilarious. His circle is hilarious. Uh, Capazzo. Does anyone tip for haircuts? Yeah, but I have a phenomenal barber. We. I, I Take it easy. I literally <laughs> think I have the best barber in, in America. Jay Taffa, my barber in Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, I tip him every time I go. Every time I go. And he gives a phenomenal haircut. It's great conversation. Yep. It's a great experience. Why wouldn't I tip him? Agreed. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's, I think he's got four kids. But again, what did you say there? Relationship, experience, yeah. serve it like they're. It's a thing. Yeah, I, I think the yes, Katie Raider. Europeans think we're crazy with our tipping culture because we are. It's wild. Do, like, your do you tip your cleaning if you have somebody that cleans your house? Like, I have somebody that clean, comes yes. into my house once a month. Yes. Yes, I absolutely tip her because she does a great job and she doesn't charge me very much. Uh, I saw a Circle K ask for a tip here in Texas. I'm not doing it. No. I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. You guys, why are we? Can we at least all agree? No more New Year's resolutions. Because all that is is a fantasy. Put a plan in place and execute. Whether it's financial or losing weight, put a plan in place and execute. 
That's what you have to do with your money. That's what Tri-Day Trading is about. They build a system to fit into your life. So whether you want to be a full-time day trader, or you just want it to be the best side hustle you've ever seen, Tri-Day Trading's got a program for you. And I'm telling you that you should absolutely get to Tri-Day Trading right now. Make your $10 charitable donation. Every month they have a different, like during December, it was sub for Santa. You make that $10 donation, they give it to charity. You get their entire program for 30 days. Do it right now. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for their 30-day trial membership. No obligation at the end of it. You do you, my friends. Until Monday. Please don't freeze to death. And uh, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.